What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland Town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. We see the sun almost three times a year. This guy has at least two DUIs. The flats look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is art. It could be worse though, at least we're not Detroit. Detroit. We're, We're not, not Detroit! Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> we are I, you, man! Fuck that oh, shit! Oh, I just realized we have the Detroit guy on with us this yeah, week. No, oh, man. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I didn't realize until after it actually hit the button. Um, but that, uh, you know, because I usually say, we are not Detroit. We are the Friends of Hands Benefits Baseball Podcast. However... Technically, we are a little bit Detroit because today <laughs> joining us is Michael Govier from the Enrico Palazzo podcast, uh, Fan Tracks, and other places. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Justin, my good friend, and Dave, my good friend. Despite the attack that I have to listen to every time we fire up the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast, it's still <laughs> really, really funny. And my goal actually is to create a rebuttal or a retort to that song that's what i really want to do i've been planning it for a while and i'm hoping it gets off the ground in 2022 i like that i i, I would love that that would be fantastic uh, I think it's only it, fair. We would be happy to play that here as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Right. We'll, we're going to have to see what this is first. Uh, well, you're going to hear it, Dave. You can be the first person to hear it. I'll tell you that right now. If I had thought about it beforehand, and I should have since we were supposed to record uh, together two weeks ago and had to uh, reschedule, uh, I, I probably should have put something of Michael's at the front of the podcast uh, because he creates such amazing, great music. Uh, and and theme songs. So, uh, Michael, f- remind people uh, where you're on social media and then kind of talk a little bit about what you do. Well, I do a lot of different things in life. Some of them are off the record, but on the record, you can find me at MJGovie, G O V is in Victor, I E R on Twitter. That's the best place. I am the host of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. More friendly known as the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. That's on Twitter as well. We do have a handle for that. That's Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two 
Z's. Uh, we've been chilling right now because, you know, it's chill time and everybody deserves a break. Baseball season is long as hell, so don't blame <laughs> us for kind of chilling on the episodes right now. But that's why I'm excited to be here. I also, I'm at Roto Fanatic. I'm one of the runners of the website. We have fantasy content and we're, we're revamping stuff there too, but that's a website where you can check out the Data Monster created by Paul Mamino and some brilliant minds like Matt Williams and Carmarano and Crosby Spencer. We got some wonderful people there. Mike Carter, Mr. Doctor. I am the guy. You can find a Roto Fanatic fan tracks, Palazzo podcast, and I do a bunch of other podcasts that are non-baseball related. If you want to find out more about that, all you have to do to start that wonderful adventure is go to MJ Govier on Twitter. Definitely do that. Uh, I love Michael. This is a guy I've gotten to know over the last few years uh, I love in you the too. industry, and uh, he is one of my favorite people. Uh, we got to hang out with Michael at uh, First Pitch Arizona, uh, something we'll get to talk about uh, another time, because there's so much to talk about, because there's so much fucking news. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about after Wednesday, and we may be going into a little bit of the dark ages of fantasy baseball once again. Uh, for the second year in a row. But for right now, we've just got a ton of moves. Uh, there should be a CBA issue every year. So that way we can get all these <laughs> moves this early, not have to wait till February to find out where people are signing. Though I'm sure there will be some people still, we're still trying to figure out where they're going to be signing in February. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a bunch of news. Uh, and hopefully if we have time, get to some Detroit Tigers things. And then we're going to do a part two, uh, I think on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and talk a little bit about a lot of other things with Mr. Govier. But uh, let's uh, just jump right into the news. Um, let's start off with what seems like something that happened a year ago, but it was only a few <laughs> weeks ago uh, since our last recording. That's Justin Verlander signs a one year deal uh, to return to the Astros. I think the main question becomes, uh, and I'll start with you, Michael, is. Are you going to be drafting Justin Verlander coming off of pretty much throwing no innings in 2021? Well, certainly a reasonable and fair question to ask, Justin. I uh, want to concur with the fact that Justin Verlander is a pitcher and he is old. <laughs> so once we get that out of the way, mm -hmm. you should consider the fact that he, last time he's on the pitch on the mound. It's funny, they call soccer the pitch, but there's no pitching. Uh, you would think maybe they would mix the pitch in somewhere in baseball, but they never did that. But the last time he was on the hill, the bump, he was uh, pretty decent until his elbow hurt. So we have reason to believe that a one-year deal, prove-it deal, shows that he still has it. And I have a feeling, and this is just a feeling, this is not data, this is not deep analytics, I'm not Alex Chamberlain, I am not the Messiah when it comes to deep statistical analytical data. I can do it, but I'm not going to create new ones like uh, Alex uh, Fast or anything like that. There's no uh, no new categories for me. But what I do know is that Justin Verlander will have a Max Scherzer-like 2022. And the fact that he will provide you with a really, really solid 350 minimum ERA, like 350, 370 at the absolute worst. I really see that as long as he's pitching healthily, he might not give you the innings you want, but the ERA, the strikeouts, they're all part of his game. His repertoire hasn't changed. And everyone said Max Scherzer might fall apart this year. He didn't. And that's exactly what I see for Verlander in 2022. Dave, you are the anti-old person, anti-injury guy. Uh, but it, that's it's not like Verlander's super expensive, at least at this moment. Uh, are you going to be drafting Verlander this year? 
Well, what what are we considering? If that's not expensive, what what is expensive? I mean, he's going. Uh, I'm seeing right now pick 143. So mm-hmm. he's going ahead of guys like Sean Manaya, Zach Gallen, Luis Garcia, Marcus Stroman. I mean, uh, I <laughs> can I some of those guys that? with their own injury history. Uh, yeah. Manaya, yeah. Uh, Gallen, yeah. Um, but I'm far less concerned about Gallon than I am about Verlander. I guess you can make the argument that Verlander's upside is more, but I think I think Gallon has that ability to be like I, I said on Drew's uh, on Drew Morris's Common Sense Pod. He's like that oh. second tier ace upside for me. Um, you know, he's not he's not going to give you you know uh, the same numbers as like a Scherzer or a um, you know Beeler, Cole, you know something like that. But um, I do think that you can get very, very good production on Gallon, and I'm far less concerned about his sprained elbow because he looked a lot more like himself down the stretch. I, for me, Verlander just doesn't make sense uh, at all where he's going for me. But uh. if you're more convinced that he's gonna be like closer to his vintage stuff, I mean, he hasn't pitched in what two years? Um, 2020, he got hurt the start of the bozo season. Yeah, right, right. He had one start, so, and then he's like, "I'm out of here. I need surgery." Yeah, two years is quite a while to be off. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not really, it's not, you know, and he's he's going to be 39 in February. Uh, I know he's sitting 93, 94 miles per hour right now, which is actually pretty good because he needs to be up to like 94, 95. But if he's already at there, then he can feasibly get there. So we'll see in spring training how he looks. Um I'll keep an open mind, but right now, if like I'm drafting today, uh, he's probably just off my board. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I have him ranked as my 58th starting pitcher. Uh, he's currently going off as number 47 starting pitcher on NFBC, uh, and that could change. Like Dave said, like if he looks really good in spring, if I, I'm I'm less concerned about the velocity. The velocity typically comes back, you know, pretty uh, pretty good for these guys, especially you know, considering he's had almost two years since his surgery. Uh, it, for me, it's going to be the command control. Like, does he still have that? That's always the last thing to come back from these Tommy John guys. He is older, uh, and so it's unlikely I'm going to get him in any early drafts. He's going higher than I've got him ranked, uh, mm-hmm. and so I'm probably going to stay away from him. doesn't mean that if he comes back, he's, you know, darting things, uh, you know, it, and – you know, hitting corners and, uh, you know, throwing a velocity that I won't maybe change my mind. But if you're drafting early, if you're like me and you like to draft early, I think it's just a huge gamble to take on a guy that we have no idea what he's going to look like when he gets back on that mound. Yep, that's a really great point. But even more important than that, Justin, is the fact that I'm not going to draft him necessarily. You asked me, is he draftable? Yes, he certainly is. And I think his ADP is... Fairly reasonable. I don't think it's that outrageous. I'm not targeting Verlander. I want to make that clear to all of you listening to the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. Maybe the best or at least the latest starting podcast in baseball right now. Uh, I know that is a fact, I believe. Right? Is that true? Maybe. I don't know. We've started later. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm talking on average, like average start time. This is actually early for you. Uh, I appreciate you. uh, being a respectful of my East Coast heat. Height stakes yeah. here. Well, I mean, no, typically. Oh, that's typically, true. Yeah. No, no, no. But you're right. We, typically, we do start. It depends on whose time. because I think you need a minimum a... plate appearances to qualify for this one. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> oh. That's true. Yeah. 
It's still early. It's still early going. But it, it also, Justin is three hours behind me. So right mm-hmm. now for him, it's only 7.40. So for him, it's not late at all. For me, it's oh, yeah. for us, it's 10.40. Uh, but so, Michael, I, I heard you mention, you know, the age, like, and how Scherzer did it. But Scherzer was 36 last year. You know, Verlander's going to be 39. That's a three-year difference. I think that's a, that's a pretty big difference. And I think uh, historically, uh, it just it's not on Verlander's side for him to – come back and have a, a year even comparable to that. Yeah, but Scherzer's 37 now. He's 37 and a half, Scherzer is. He's well into 37, so it's not a huge gap. And technically, Verlander hasn't turned 39, so if you start closing the gaps and get more specific <laughs> about it, Dave. Well, and he hasn't that, pitched for two years, so he doesn't have the two years of mileage on his arm. See, that was the other point in response to what Dave said about that, Justin. I completely agree. You know, there were some people that said LeBron James and the Lakers, they won the NBA title in 2020. And they did so because NBA got shut down for a few months and then they picked up their playoffs in that bubble in Disney. And a lot of people are saying now that it was because of that time that he needed because he was older, just like Verlander, aged athletes who have been around for a minute. The more time you can have to recover, the more likely you are to produce. So I'm not saying he's going to have a three-year run. He doesn't deserve the same contract that Max Scherzer just got from Steve Cohen, but I think the Astros have the inside track. They're his team. They would know best, and they're not a dumb organization generally either. They let Springer walk. They knew that would have been a nightmare. I don't like. I don't like that argument at all. I mean, every time someone says like because the organization gave him this contract or whatever, that's just like that appeal to authority that never works. Because there's so many times where people are like, oh well, obviously Degrom is healthy because the Mets wouldn't have brought him back. Unless you know, like you can't listen to the organization (laughs) on shit like that. They're always going to be overly optimistic. Not necessarily. Not when they're giving out money to a guy they don't have to give money to. It happens like, I, all the time. I, people, I, I, people spend bad money all the time, Justin. All the time. They're, they're well, not a team that spends a lot time. of bad money, though. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on. Speaking That's of bad, let's speaking of bad money, uh, Byron Buxton resigned <laughs> a year deal. Uh, with the Twins, hundred million dollars. That's actually not bad money considering the other money we've seen turn around, which I think. Is oh my god! Money. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that Buxton signed for that amount. Uh, and well, what are your thoughts, are your Dan? Thoughts? Go, ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you know. He, I, I, I think he has to be honest with himself. I mean, this is possibly the most injury-prone player in baseball. I, you know, how are you going to turn down 100 mil? Um, I mean, you know, I, I hear about people betting on themselves, but that's that's probably when they have a much less, uh, much less of a, an injury track record than he does. I mean, he's he's got all those incentives in there. If he, you know, if he gets MVP, if he, you know, gets the at bats, he gets paid even more on top of that. So. Um, I think it was an interesting contract, but I think it made sense for both sides. Clearly, this guy's very talented. Um, he honestly would have been in the MVP com- conversation if he were able to stay healthy, but we know he's not. Um, but, yeah, hey, you know, if that's that's how you bet on yourself. You put in incentives, and uh, if you're if you're able to change the perspective on you, then, then you can hit those. Uh, I, th- I think it made sense for both sides, honestly, and I think both sides are probably pretty happy with it. Great comment here. Uh, Trout earned Buxton money in 70 games. Buxton Buxton plays 70 games. Trade feels fair. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Evil Otto. I like it. Govia, what are your thoughts on this uh, deal? And then uh, are you a guy who's going to be targeting Buxton this year? 
Justin, I'm a big college football fan. I am. And right now I'm on cloud nine because Michigan beat Ohio State last weekend. It was very exciting. It was a thorough ass whooping. I'm not gloating. I'm just very happy. And Jim Harbaugh, the head I sh- yeah, shit. I mean, I mean like you live- four times in twenty years. That's that's a good a big accomplishment. Yeah, Dave lives in Ohio. In case you couldn't tell, Dave, um, Dave Dave does not care about Ohio State at all. For the record, just just facts, just facts. Okay, all right. Well, it seems not like maybe you, you were trying to needle me, and I don't appreciate. Have they not won? Have they not, have they not won four times in twenty years? Yeah, but we're live correct. on the air, Dave, and I had a whole thing I was going to talk about here. Damn it. <laughs> All right, look. Yes, it's true. But in the 90s, go back to the 90s. Michigan tore that ass up. Just check it out. Go back, <laughs> check out a uh, football reference or whatever. Anywho, I remember Tim baby. I remember. That's right. 313 yards in one game rushing. That was awesome. 1995. Those are the days. I think Edmund I was still Howard. a virgin that oh, yeah. time, though. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I waited. I had saved my virginity for a couple years later. I was very respectful of that process. Believe it or not, it does happen. Anyways, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of Michigan, this past offseason, he took a bunch of pay cuts and built incentives into the contract. So it was renegotiating. And it reminds me of what Buxton's doing. Buxton is granting the fact that everyone knows he's an injury-plagued nightmare. However, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The twins also recognize that he is a talented motherfucker. He's got so much to offer. If only he could play at least 100 games even. And it has happened before, believe it or not. So this is somebody who says, you know what? I'm betting on myself. And I really would like to believe that he's going to rededicate himself in some new way where like he, I don't know, he changes his nutrition or he focuses even more on not playing like a madman in center field where he flies into the walls, goes for diving, catches, et cetera, et cetera. But... Uh, you'd be a fool to have any <laughs> any possible notion. Oh wow, that's is this weird? What is we're being uh, infiltrated by something awful over there? Anyway, sorry about that. That sidetracked me. You, if you think that Byron Buxton's going to be healthy going forward and it's all good, you're just living a fantasy, and you probably one of those uh, optimists, half glass full, and that's cool too. But there's nothing for us to base it on, right, guys? I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So I think it's a fun contract that he signed. There's also a full no trade clause. Uh, I'm guessing he just wants to set down roots in Minnesota and doesn't want to have to worry about them getting cheap at some point and uh, and saying we're going to move. I mean, it makes a ton of sense for Minnesota because if he can put together like a 150 game season at some point, like he probably does win an MVP. Um, And the, the contract, even with hitting the bonuses, the contract still wouldn't 
be anything close uh, to, <laughs> to bad for, for Minnesota. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it's a great move for Minnesota. I think it locked down a guy that um, they hope can figure out the health side of things. I, I just have no confidence in him. Um, and yeah, from a fantasy perspective, nothing really changes much, right? No, no, I, I don't think so at all. Um, if anything, I mean, the team context is probably worse. I mean, I, I mean, you know, Pitching's Nelson, worse. Nelson yeah. Cruz is uh, not going to be there uh, this year. The lineup's not going to be as good. I mean, hopefully Kirilov is is healthy. He's a guy yeah. that is getting a lot of early hype in drafts, um, which is a bummer because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be kind of cheap and a nice guy to kind of like go after late in the draft. But nope, <laughs> people are, are buying right back in. Oh, uh, he's going. He's going around pick sixty eight. He's still like going. Oh man, I cannot like, spend a that, top seventy pick on a guy who's that. Yeah. I know this is a classic thing that like a guy like Phil, you, Dave, you know a lot about Phil Dussault, and I this do. is something that he wouldn't do, right? He wouldn't bet on no, somebody because they might return MVP value no. at sixty eight. No, Phil's Phil's all about getting production now, and you know that's. I mean, it's it's all about getting maximizing at bats. You're not gonna you're not gonna maximize at bats with Byron Buxton uh, as your fourth fifth round pick. Too many. I mean, in the, the thing is, the outfield is bad this year. Yeah. I mean, I oh, mean, bad. It, oh, I mean, I can always find outfielders. Yeah, you can, but I mean, it, it's you haven't been in drafts yet, so like the outfield Correct. gets ugly real quick. I'm hitting outfield early and often. I think that's part of the reason why he's getting busted up because there's a lot of guys who are going in his general area and behind him where you go. Really? Do I really want like Jesse Winker? Do I really want? Um, you know, Mitch Hanniger, who's got injury, you know, issues uh, of his own in most seasons. Let me, um, let me ask you this real quick. Would you rather, wouldn't you rather wait on a guy who I don't think is that crazy of a comp, Dylan Carlson, who's going yeah, no, like 150? I, I would, but there's questions about Dylan Carlson. I mean, Carlson's man. not really running anymore is part of the problem. I, I, I mean, I don't know if Buxton's going to keep running, though, because if he wants to try to stay healthy, he he really can't afford to. Um, I mean, he stole nine bases in 61 games this year. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I think I think what people do is they dream on it, right? You know, they, yeah. they dream <laughs> on, they, they dream on the proration it's, of that 61-game season to right. be something like, oh, he could be a 40-25 guy. Um, right. And I, I just can't do but it. I, I think he looks like he's kind of doing what Mike Trout did, it looks like, where he's not running as much, but he's starting to hit for more power. And I think the older you get and the more you want to stay healthier, because now he's going to be 28 this year. That's not old, but for running guys who, who run a lot, and I know he's, he can still run like the wind, but he also, I feel like he's going to have a higher chance of hurting himself. But people like him and Mondesi will always have their stands. Those those people who will draft them no matter what, they're going to make sure they yep. get them in every draft. And these guys are always overvalued because there's always one of those motherfuckers in the room with you who will take them <laughs> way higher than everybody else. You know, if it's Mondesi, we're talking at siege, you know, but Buxton, like my friend, Tony, um, they're always going to go for those guys. Uh, and it's, it's beyond reason because you're paying a price that they, everything would have to go right for it to work out. And it, and, and it's Absolutely. not going to go right. So yeah. I just, it's not, it's not how I draft. Uh, well, let's see if you'd be willing to draft Steven Matz. He signed a four-year deal, uh, $44 million with the Cardinals. 
Uh, Going from a team that was, I think, subpar defensively to the best defensive team in best defensive infield in 2021. What are your thoughts on Steven Matz in St. Louis there, Dave? Um, I mean, it's definitely an upgrade. I mean, he's going, I mean, right now, especially with the NL doesn't technically have the DH, we assume that they're going to get it. Um, so it'll put it kind of on a similar plane as the AL. I would still rather draft, uh, an NL pitcher than an AL pitcher probably, but you do have to account for that. But, you know, I would, I would expect you'd be in a better environment. I mean, than the AL East, I would take any division over the AL East for a pitcher. So, um, did we just lose Justin? We just lost Justin. Hey, folks, this is Michael Govier for the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. Oh, he's back. Okay. <laughs> he's back. All right. Um, that was weird. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he, he'll be a solid pitcher. I don't uh, – I haven't really looked into where he goes yet, but, uh, I mean, he was a guy who was really undervalued. He's a, he's a really talented guy, but he's going 304 around. I, I mean, I'm looking at going around him like Kikuchi – uh Carrasco Plesac. I I mean I think I'd get on Matt's to a degree there. He was going yeah. like 500 or so or more last year, maybe 400, but right, 50. right. Yeah, Phil he was an afterthought. He was like Carlos Rodon. Nobody cared. I I, th- I think Matt's was on every one of Phil's teams because I think he got mm-hmm. him like his last. I drafted him in Glarf. I gra- I drafted oh, him in Glarf. I held on to him for like a month, but then I dropped him, and I just I thought it was a fluke his start, and then he slipped a little bit, but then he turned it around and kept it going most of the year. He, he's already jumped up over fifty spots in the last uh, two weeks, so uh, oh, wow. he, he's a guy that I think people are gonna, especially now that he's signed. We know where he's right. gonna be. It's a good location. Uh, that he's gonna he's gonna go up quite a bit. He'll be in the side of the top two hundred here pretty fast. I mean NL Central in that park. That's that's as good as you can hope for. Yeah. Good call. Uh, Govier, when I when I disappeared for a second, did you give your thoughts on Matt? No. Bottom line, Stephen Matt's uh, he spells it with a V. Steve S T E V E N. That's all you really need to know. Sure, he's in a better <laughs> defensive situation. The ballpark is better for him as a pitcher. That's about it. I couldn't believe I went from being shocked that people were not going to give him a contract to being overwhelmed by how much money he actually got. I really thought he was going to get like a two year, $20 million deal or something. I cannot believe someone gave him four years, but that was because the market dictated it, right? They didn't want to do that. Probably. I mean, it seems like a pretty cheap deal now. Oh yeah, sure. Well, when you know Gosman and Robbie Ray have both gotten you know five years, hundred hundred mil, hundred fifty mil, uh, hundred fifteen mil. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised too, just because he has not been healthy. Like he's been a guy who's really struggled to stay right. on the field. I thought he would get something closer to what Descalfani or Alex Wood got. Um, yeah, maybe like a Scherzer deal, a little bit more money, less years, like two years, what? thirty million, even possibly. He had, but he had uh, he had thirty starts in 2018, 2019, and twenty twenty one. So I mean, yeah, but what'd you get out of those starts? Just trash, hot, hot, stinky trash with <laughs> buffalo wings and diapers full of shit. <laughs> Okay. Um, like I'm not saying three. that's what's winning him. I don't know that. <laughs> high three ZRA, one point three whip. Uh, Ooh, the whip is what bothers me. Nine K per nine. Um, well, let me ask you this because Dave Sclafani resigned with the Giants for three years, thirty six million. I think I'd rather have that honestly than than Matt's. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, especially yeah. with how well Desclafani pitched in San Francisco. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean that's you know that that that's kind of the deal or the, the game changer i mean I, I, wash maybe 
I think it's going to be a good landing spot for him. It's a great place to pitch. Uh, like you guys mentioned, uh, you also guys mentioned the fact that he's going to be pitching against the NL Central, which is probably the best division you could be pitching in outside of maybe the AL, AL Central. Oh, against your guys. Not anymore. These uh, fearless I think, Tigers. I think, I think NL Central is still the worst. Uh, it might be. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to end up being kind of a bargain, uh, though we'll see how far that, that price comes up here. Nelly signs. Guys who sign always get a boost, um, you know, and then right. on top, you throw on top of it, it's such a great landing spot for him. Uh, he's, he's bound to go up. So That's true. Uh, moving right along, if I can get my show notes up, uh, <laughs> Cor- uh, Corey Kluber signs a one-year deal uh, with the Rays. Uh, I this is a was a little bit surprising to me. I did not expect the Rays to jump in on a guy like Corey Kluber. Makes sense, though, right? It's kind of a prove-it deal. You you know, hope you're hoping um, they're hoping they get uh, him. Uh, you know, kind of at peak Kluber-esque time. Uh, I I want. What was the money? Do. do we have the money on this? I think it was one year, thirteen eight year, million. eight mil. Eight mil. Oh, eight. oh, is that it? Ooh. It's oh. on the show notes, you fuckers. Ah! Um, I'm that, sorry. I mean, that's a really good deal considering what other people got. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Thor here in a little bit. We've got one year, 21 year, uh, 21 million. Um, Verlander got, you know, one year, 25 million with, with a player option. Um, uh, Govi, any interest in Kluber? Because I'm pretty much out. I... There's something about him that uh, I'm not excited about. Uh, however, the Rays are masters, but they'll also just throw money at cheap things. And for them right now, I guess $8 million seemed to be a lot more money for them once upon a time, but I guess it's not as much for them based on what we've seen with the recent extension of Wander and some of the other cash they've thrown around. Even last year, Chris Archer, I think, got more money. This actually reminds me of that situation quite a bit. I think Archer got $6 million at least last year. I was even surprised by that because he was like a... He was left dead. He was left for dead. He had nothing to offer because he had had the thoracic outlet surgery. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm I'm someone interested. Certainly not someone I'm targeting. Uh, if you want to take a flyer at the end of drafts and see if he hits for half a season, it helps you out. Sure, go for it. Currently going at pick four forty five. Dave, all right. Are you going to throw a dart at Kluber at all? That that I mean, not in a DC because I can't replace him. But in a oh in a regular yeah, good draft, call. In a regular draft, um, you know, in the four forty range, I don't I don't hate it, but um, it's it's not generally the kind of pick that I would want to make. I just I just don't like like Michael said. I don't feel good about him. Um, he he hasn't really been the same since twenty eighteen. Uh, I just don't you know two years of, of being injured and then came back last year and he wasn't bad. Like he was usable, you know, three, eight ERA, 1.34 whip. Um, I know hitter. We're live on the air for that one on the Palazzo podcast. Two L's, two Z's. <laughs> it was pretty his, cool. uh, his control hadn't really returned yet for the most part, but uh, you know, he had three, 3.7 walks per nine. Um, uh, but you know, his, his Sierra was close to like 4.4. So, um, I do like him more being with the Rays now, but he is still in the AL East. So I think he'd be a guy I might consider streaming when he's at home or, you know, facing a weekend L team. But I don't want to play him in, you know, Camden or Fenway or Yankee Stadium, uh, even versus versus Toronto. I, I want to pretty much avoid all of those scenarios if I have Kluber. 
All right. Speaking of the Rays, uh, and, and Mike alluded to this, uh, that they signed Wander Franco to a long-term extension, 11 years, 100 and I think 80, you said 80, 182, but I thought it was 183 million. Either way, it's a lot of fucking money. There's some incentives uh, built in there as well if you uh, win some MVPs. Um, so, Michael, what are your thoughts on Wander Franco for this year? And then do you like the contract? Uh, shit, if I was the front office masters of the Tampa Rays, I'd be happier than, uh, I don't have any good one. What's a good one? You got one? Pig I don't want to say pig and shit. shit. No, we've done that. I, I want to do something cool. Happier like, uh, than a clam? Uh, <laughs> happier sure. than a Justin, than a Justin in a rotoware store? <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. That's right. Yes. <laughs> But the bottom line is the Rays front office is thrilled. Fantasy purposes, this changes nothing. You know Juan Franco is an elite player. He's definitely worth... I mean, is he... I don't know what his ADP is. I'd assume it's top 24, of course. 50. Oh, 50. Oh, okay. Maybe I assumed a bit too much there. Um, but this contract reminds me of where we're headed. CBA expires in just less than 48 hours. Wednesday night from the recording of this show... And that means we're going dark. It's bedtime for Bonzo. It's time to shut it down. It's time for us to all say goodbye to any hint of a transactions like we've seen over the last week or so. That's all going bye-bye. It will be a lockout, and there will be no action, and it will not be done until late February, maybe mid-February if things go our way as fans. But this is the type of deal that they want to... The players want to change, I feel like. It's it's a friendly deal for the front office, but also provides security for Juan Franco, which you can't blame him for. Shit, you know, $200 million is awesome to have all that cash at such a young age. But the system is kind of fucked up. It's kind of broken. It's got issues. And I'm looking forward to the adjustments that will happen. And I find it so fascinating that both sides are going back and forth. Like the players are jumping in because they're panicking a bit and the owners are also panicking a bit. So you see like a panic on both sides here with the urgency to sign and it comes from both sides. Pretty wild. Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts on this deal and then Wander Franco in general for the season? I mean, I think, I think for a lot of the reasons that Michael said, it makes sense from both sides. I mean, yeah, he, you know, he's huge elite prospect uh, looks, looks like he's going to be a real good player. But, you know, who knows how good? I mean, $200 million is still $200 million, uh, you know, 11 years. He might not be that guy who really cares about maximizing his his uh, total value over that time. Like, he just wants that security. And um, I, th I think, again, this kind of makes sense from both sides. Um, in terms of fantasy, I was actually shocked to look and see that uh, his ADP is like 48, putting him around early fourth round in uh, 15 teamers because every draft I've seen, he's gone in the second and third round. Um, yeah, so you're like I, me. You thought it was higher. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm completely out at that second, third round price. Even fourth round, I, I, I can see it. I think he's a better real life player than he is a fantasy player. Like, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's a little really? too. Yeah, I, it's he's not a guy that I'll be targeting this year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I definitely think he is a, a better real-life player than a, a fantasy player. Um, I, th- I think there is more pop in that bat. I don't know if it gets unlocked this year. My my biggest issue with Wonder Franco is I feel like he's kind of a carbon copy of like a DJ LeMayhew. Um, and I can get DJ LeMayhew 50 something picks later. I just took DJ LeMayhew at like pick 115, 116 or something like that in a draft. And DJ LeMayhew is triple eligible. So, like, if I'm going right. to take like a guy who's like best for batting average, give me a guy at a really weak position, like outfields, like give me Brian Reynolds, um, or give me a guy who's eligible in a lot of different places, like DJ LeMayhew. So, uh, the problem with Walter Franco is he's a shortstop. Like, there's like eight better shortstops in terms of power and speed and like kind of just overall fantasy production. Do I think he's the better real life player uh, over a lot of those guys? Absolutely. But I'm just not going to be able to pull the trigger inside that top, you know, 50 top 75 where he's going uh, this year. I love the contract for the Rays. Like it was a great job for them to lock down a guy who should be the face of their franchise for the next decade. Shocking, Um, right? You just don't see them do this. But, I mean, they did it with Longoria, so we shouldn't be super... Uh, yeah, that's true. And, yeah, that's you true, know, right. and, and good they on him for, on the cheaper deal, too. Yeah, and good for him for getting paid. Like, like uh, there were people like, oh, this hurts the players. Like, you know, <laughs> he's, he's taking less money. Like, like if he ends up being DJ LeMay, like he having like a DJ LeMay-type career, uh, at least over the next decade, would we be surprised? And he's now made more money than DJ LeMay we're pretty damn close to it. So, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's a reason why he, you know. You're in love with DJ LeMayu, aren't you? I do. I like DJ LeMayu. So. You just want to talk um, about him the rest of the show? We could do that. The DJ LeMayu hour with Justin Mason. <laughs> what, why don't we talk about the aforementioned uh, Noah Syndergaard, who signed the one-year deal, 100, or sorry, 100, one-year $21 million for the Angels, a guy with a really, really shitty health track record going to a team like the Angels <laughs> with a really, really shitty health track record. Dave, you're shaking your head. Just tell me you do not want to take any what step for this What a fucking year. crash contract this was. I mean, if you're going to sign Noah Syndergaard, you should – I mean, this season is pretty much going to be uh, a throwaway season, in my opinion, for him. Like, he's going to be struggling. I mean, he had Tommy John surgery in 2020. Then he had elbow soreness uh, setback in uh, 2021, shut down for six weeks, returned at the <laughs> very end of September uh, as a relief pitcher and threw two innings in 2021. What are you expecting from him this year? Like, this is a guy that you think is going to be your workhorse. The funny thing is the Mets let him go. He signs a one-year deal. He could go right back to the Mets after a year, and they could get him for when he's actually good again. Like, if you're going to sign him to a contract, you should be signing him to like a three or four year deal so that you're getting those good years included because 2022 ain't it. I mean, I don't know what the angels are thinking with this, but this is not going to work out. I, I wonder if he didn't want to sign a long-term deal. If he wants to try to, 
you know, uh, bet on himself and and say, oh, you know, know. I'm going to come back healthy and be good. And next year, I'm going to go get the, you know, five-year, hundred-something million-dollar deal. Uh, Govi, are, are you out on <laughs> Thor as well? Uh, I got to admit, um, this is the kind of player that I am – I'm kind of like the Verlander thing. I am interested. Uh, obviously, Verlander's had a Hall of Fame career. Thor has not had that. So that's not the implication I'm trying to make there, Dave. Don't jump on me. But he does know how to pitch. And it, if he is healthy, he is certainly someone I'd be interested in. Though, again, not somebody that I'm excited about. I'm, I'm not going to go get him. But I do look for players who have value when people dismiss them. And the contract is a lot, so they're expecting a lot. Uh, they tried to bring Dylan Bundy over in 2020. That didn't quite work out. It worked out for a minute because he threw the slider more in 2020 during the short bozo season, and everybody got excited. That was fun, but it didn't last. And maybe with Syndergaard, it's a one-off deal. He wants to prove himself so he can get a better deal. I, I know I can already hear Dave saying, you know, I really don't like what people say, you know, this is his free agent year and he's really going to push and give us his best season ever because he wants to make a bunch of money. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it does play into it to a certain extent. It's not all of the story, but it is at least part of the story. Evil Otto says he believes in the contract year phenomena. I like fantasy. Yes! Uh, I do you, not. Evil Otto. I, I do not believe in that. Uh, I think there are plenty of guys who have proven uh, to fall flat on their face. I think it's anecdotal at best. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, that being said, um, motivation has nothing to do with it, though. Like the guy isn't healthy this year. I mean, he's not going to. He's going to be super rusty. Guys coming back after all that I mean, time aren't just good to go. My argument to the motivation <laughs> piece of things is these are professional. I know you don't athletes. like that. Yeah. yeah, I fucking hate it. Like I absolutely hate I know. it. And we've had they're I, fucking I, I, motivated. I they have to be motivated to get to those levels. Like you know, it's all, all relative. It's, it's all relative. If this is their job, they can be more or less re- motivated to do things. It's not the whole story, anybody though. Anybody in anybody else's job. Yeah, it's not the whole anyway. story. It's just a tiny part of the story. I'm not saying it's everything. I want that to be clear. I'm not saying this is its sole purpose in life. I need to make a deal next year that is seven years, three hundred million dollars, and I have to do it. It's all I think about every day. And he creates a vision board and he does all this shit to motivate himself. I'm not saying that. That is not what he is doing. I'm just saying it's a tiny piece. Um, that being said, uh, I mean, I, I have, I have Thor ranked, uh, 71st. He's currently going off as the 59th starting pitcher on, on NFBC. So, uh, I could, I could see myself moving him up if like Verlander comes in and he is, you know, hitting the paint, uh, and, and throwing well, the, the velocity is there. Uh, but for my early drafts, not, not a chance. Like he's just not going to be on any of my early draft teams, uh, because I, I just don't I don't trust the health, especially like I, I feel much less confident in Syndergaard considering all the setbacks he had last year than a guy like Verlander or Severino. Well, at least he's not old as hell. So that's the one thing he's got going that's for him, right? That's fair. Listen, it, at least the Angels did much better with their second signing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Let's, uh, I don't even, I mean, their second signing is Michael Lorenzen. I don't even know why we're talking about him, but I mean, I guess it's Because he's going to the rotation. They're, that's the, this is, this is what their plan was to fix the rotation is, uh, Rusty Thor and Michael Is he Lorenzen. going into the rotation? Have they said yeah. he's going to be said, part of the they rotation? He's, they say he's going in the rotation. I mean, I, plans can change, really? obviously, but that's what they said. Yeah. Michael Simeone's coming in his pants right now. So excited. <laughs> he can't believe it. Oh! 
oh, Michael Lorenzen, yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty exciting guy. By the way, did you know that he, his teammate, we were just talking about Thor, has a 332 career ERA. And I'm not saying that past outcomes dictate future performance, but a 3.32 career ERA in multiple seasons is pretty damn good. So I'm just saying. It's not bad. What was it in 2019 when he threw 197 and I think a third? I think four it was you dick. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, you, four, yeah four, the worst four, season he's had by 20, far. But the last season he's had. So, uh, and I mean, the underlying be- numbers were better on on that four twenty. You got me there. You got me four twenty something ERA. So, uh, I have no interest in Lorenzen. I really don't. Like, I yep. I, I know Michael Simeone is going to tweet at us uh, once he hears this. Um, I'm sure he's already <laughs> in bed. Uh, but like, I just have zero interest. Maybe like. Dave talked about with Kluber, like pick him up off the waiver wire and in some spot starts or something like that. Or no, or he, I wouldn't even do he, that. I mean, no. Well, if he performs, if he performs, uh, sure. Like, I don't yeah, buy but, it. Uh, I need to see it first. Like I just, I didn't get the hype on him last year. Like nope. I really didn't. Uh, and um, and I, I even had Simeone, I think, on Sleeper on the Bus to try to explain it to me, and I, I still didn't get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to buy the post. Love you, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> love, love you, buddy. You're a great dude. Just stop it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving right along, uh, Robbie Ray signed a five-year, $115 million deal with the Mariners. The Mariners are going to be a fun team. The the AL West is going to be a fun division, yeah. considering all the action that's happened so far uh, in the AL West. Uh, Govia, what are your thoughts on Robbie Ray moving to Seattle? Robbie Ray in Seattle is a good thing because if he continues to focus on his control, which he did improve, he threw a lot more strikes last year. I think it's fair to say, or at least he pitched in the zone with more success. That's fair to say, and that excites me. And it's an upgrade of the ballpark, right? That's an mm-hmm. easy call. And it's an upgrade. Well, maybe it's not. I mean, it is. No, it is. It is an upgrade in the division with all those ballparks. You'd rather pitch in all of those than the ALE. So the oh, yeah. peripherals are his new surroundings are pretty exciting. And he might be in the prime right now. If he figured out something and it's going to stay, then this is a guy who will provide us with excellent fantasy numbers for the next two to three years at least. And I'm talking you know, top 20 SP for sure. Uh, but I, I, I do have some issues. I'm concerned. It's an old wounds that never quite healed. You know, I'm a Tigers fan and we just pissed him away for nothing. And I I saw what he could have become. He always was a strikeout artist, but his wild walking, excitable rates of BBs were a real problem. And I, I just don't know if I'm targeting him again. We keep bringing up players that I'm like, I don't know if I'm targeting this player. It's weird, but right. I'm interested. Uh, it's not like dying to get them. I'm not targeting Robbie Ray, but I actually don't mind the price. Like he, he's currently going off as the number 14 starting pitcher. We'll see where that goes. If that starts going up too far, uh, that might be an issue for me. I have him as my number 15 starting pitcher. I love the move to Seattle. Love the fact they're going at it too. They're in the, they've been talked um, that they could be going after, uh, you know, uh, Javi Baez. Uh, as well uh, was one of the rumors today. Uh, so don't do that, yeah. please don't do that. There, it looks like they're making a push. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on Ray? Well, so I don't, I don't. Michael uh, didn't make it to a lot of the uh, panels in First Pitch Arizona, so I'm not sure if he was there for this one. But uh, during Eno's panel, he was talking about Robbie Ray, <clears throat> and uh, he said that <laughs> he was, was trying that a to dig, or like, are you just telling me I wasn't there? No, I was just saying you weren't. 
why would that be a dig? I have a life, goddammit! I had to live it. Yeah, no, no one was judging you for that. We all would have done what you. you that, that, you're, you're oh, good. Okay. Right, no, you're, 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 I, I wasn't there either. <laughs> okay. Yay! Fair I went to like three panels. All right, this is one of them. Um, and uh, it was it was really good though because he said the the change that Robbie Ray made was uh, he had been trying to like hit specific locations, like he'd be like trying to hit like you know the corners and stuff, and they're like, you can't hit corners. Like, y- y- what are you doing? Just Throw it in the zone, like aim mm-hmm. for the freaking middle of the plate, and your stuff is good enough that you're gonna get enough swing and miss on it, and you're gonna you're gonna get some inside, some outside, some low, some high, but it's gonna be around the zone, and that's what he changed. Hey, so what I said was, was true. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even so, go to Eno's panel. Yay! <laughs> well, no offense, like, I didn't know. I didn't know that they told him to just throw it towards like the middle of the plate. Like I, I had no idea that that was what he what had what he had changed. So. Um, you know, it seems like that's something he can bring forward with him, but at the same time, you know, a guy who has a career like, you know, four walk per nine rate where he's, he's been at five, he's been at 7.8, you know, I have reservations, you know, he was at 2.4 last year. I certainly think that that's going to be closer to at least three, maybe three and a half. Um, yeah, but uh, by the way, still- Paul Mamino, my fellow Roto fanatic buddy, I want to mention this real quick. He wrote a yeah, great yeah. piece about Robbie Ray last year. He did the series called the GPS Report, which is all about Woba by pitch by pitch and location. It was very fascinating, and he really unlocked a lot of the stuff that you learned from Eno and that you're discussing now. So Google that if you want to check it out. Paul's a really smart guy, and I want to he give is. him credit when he gets a chance. Paul Mamino's GPS article on Robbie Ray. Former yeah. Friends of Fantasy Benefits writer, Paul Mamino. Oh, uh, shit, I didn't know that. Wow. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Paul, Paul's, Paul's a great dude. Uh, I don't know if he's actually still writing for us or not. I can't remember. Uh, but <laughs> great dude. Uh, so much staff. I, I can't keep track. Keep track Justin's not sure if he sent his uh, $0.10 cent check to him in the last yes, uh, year. I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I have. Those will be coming out soon, too. If you wait, Dave. $0.47 cents coming your way. Um, yes. Yeah, Maybe. I, I mean, Eno's completely right. I mean, what he did was uh, someone in, I'm assuming someone in the Toronto organization just said, listen, uh, attack the zone. Just attack the zone. Like, stop trying to nibble around it and just attack it. And that's what he did this year. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, like I said, I've got him as my number 15 starting pitcher, so I've got him as an SP1. Like I said, I just don't know how often I'm going to be taking him. I, what what I've done, what I did in my first draft of the year uh, that I just started um, you know, actually second draft considering my F pass draft was I, I missed out on kind of the first run of starting pitchers. And then I just waited um, because of, I, I like the depth kind of in the, in SP two, SP three. So I just grabbed a bunch of those instead of taking SP one. So I don't know that I'm going to end up with a lot of Robbie Ray, um, but I'm not necessarily afraid of him. Love the landing spot. So it's uh, a couple of quick. I love doing this game. We all can play this game for hours, mm-hmm. but real quick, would you rather have him or Alcantara, Dave? Alcantara easily. Alcantara. Oh, okay. That's a no-brainer. Great. Uh, one yeah. more. What about him or Freddie Peralta? Freddie Peralta. I was just about to bring that up because I was. I know say, Justin. This is an easy answer for Justin, actually. But I have Freddie Peralta two spots lower than Robbie Ray. Right? Oh. Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Did you change your wow. tune on Freddie? I remember there was a whole deal last year where you thought he was a little overhyped coming into the year. Isn't that fair to say? I, I sure. did. Um, and uh, there, I do have some reservations. He may still tumble down my ranks. Uh, a little bit, especially with the way he kind of finished. But uh, I, at the moment, I've got him seventeen, I believe. I can double check real. What quick about one more? One yeah, more because there's, there's there's specifically two guys going after him that I 
was going to say I'm more comfortable with Freddie Peralta being one. What about Logan Webb or Robbie Ray? I have Robbie Ray ahead of Logan Webb. Yeah, I got, I'd like to see a little bit more from Logan, to be honest with you. I, if I had to choose, I'm going to trust with Ray stuff there. Uh, okay. What about the switcheroo, though? Gaussman goes to the Blue Jays, and Ray goes to the Mariners. Would you rather have Gaussman or Ray? I might rather have Ray. I'd rather have Ray. Real okay, wow, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. better to yeah, I mean, Gaussman, Gaussman's gonna move. He already <laughs> moved him down a spot. Um, he may move down a few more spots for me. I, I currently have him at nineteen. Um, move, that is that's not a fun division to pitch in. Like I no, know Roger Center is not a bad place to pitch necessarily, um, but uh, it, yeah, going up against the Yankees and Yankee Stadium, Fenway, uh, yeah. Camden. Yeah, he's going back to the scene of the crime. Why would he go back? He started in Baltimore, where it all started. It was terrible. Because I, I think they well, were the only significantly team. since then. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely changed, but like it's, he also struggled at times outside. It's the of, the reliance on the splitter is what really concerns me. Um, I mean, he throws it uh, way more than everybody else, and that's it's it's a pitch that is very difficult to control consistently. And he, he has over the last 250 innings. He's done really well. It's not that I don't believe in the skills. It's just that's not the place that I want to risk it. Uh, and I'm still Nick Pollock fear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did I mean? Nick Pollock hates splitters. Yeah, wasn't he wrote like something about that? Oh, pitchers, no, pitchers who throw splitters in general. He's yeah, suspect of. I guess like Frankie Montas, who Justin loved and was right about. I do, by the way, I, I do love right. Frankie Montas. He throws it almost twice as much as Montas, though. So like. Mm-hmm. Gaussman Ooh. throws he throws it like a third of the time, so it's okay. uh, it's a lot. Um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that about Nick, but uh, I've just felt that way for a couple of years. Um, Jake feels very strongly about that as well. Go blue, Nick. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Uh, the Giants uh, re-signed two pitchers and then added a third. We've got Alex Wood, um, Descalfani, both coming back. Uh, Descalfani on a three-year deal. Alex Wood on a two-year deal. And then they signed Alex Cobb as well <laughs> today. On a two-year deal. Um, Is this real? Well, the I, Wood and the Cobb signings aren't official yet, but they're coming apparently yeah, they're, tomorrow. Yeah, they're, or... I think I'm sure they're just waiting on medicals and stuff like that. Especially yeah, I think that's what it given is. The, given their injury history. Uh, Michael, you're laughing over there. So what are your thoughts on these guys? I guess the Giants really do believe that they can do anything if they put their minds to it. It's amazing. Now, maybe I'm being a little harsh on Alex Cobb because there were spurts there where Alex Cobb during the year, in fact, again, I hate to bring up Paul Mamino, but I don't at all because I like him. You know, he created the data monster, Rotofanatic, and it 
as a different version with stuff related to ERA and command. And he being Mr. What's his face? What are we talking about here? I just spaced out. Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb. Oh, thanks, Alex Cobb. Yeah. He was one of the leaders for parts of, we're talking like into the season before he got hurt there. And then when he came back in terms of uh, command. So now the command could be misleading because it compares different things that might not be typical. I don't want to go all the details of that, but you could check it out on roadfanatic.com if you want. But the bottom line is uh, Cobb always has an injury issue here or there. Uh, I don't think I can rely on him for 130 innings at all. I really don't. And Wood is even worse to me. When Alex Wood shows up, and I'm playing fantasy. I, if I have to pick him up and he's part of a fab report, hey, I have to pick up Alex Wood. I got a bid on him. It just bums me out. It's the kind of guy, I see his name, and it just sucks all the fun out of baseball for some reason. In fact, both of these guys kind of have the same vibe. They're just blah, bland. They got no flavor. There's no seasoning. You know, there's no uh, nothing in there. There's no cumin in there to get me all fired up. It's just kind of blah. And I don't want either one of these pitchers. But I do recognize that the Giants are kind of wizards these days. So, this is something that Dave always pushes a lot. Don't get stuck in your ways. If you learn something and adapt and change your mind, don't be set on an opinion forever. So I will look into this further, and I'll consider the notion that one of these two or both will be viable fantasy starters. Dave? I mean, yeah, they're, uh, you know, like you said, they both have injury issues, but, you know, you're not drafting either of them to be an anchor in your rotation. These are like SP, you know, five six seven kind of guys True. you know probably Cobb more like you know sp seven eight um i kind of like them for what i mean i think you get good ratios from them i think it's just you know they're they're going to be guys that you're gonna you're probably going to play maybe 75 percent of your matchups uh if they're in a good situation which being uh in san fran i like that a lot uh i like the team context i like the park uh the division's good um you know they're gonna they should be good for some wins there but yeah, you absolutely can't, you know, rely on them. You're, you know, you're you're basically picking them up and playing them, and then when they get hurt, you're dropping them. I, yeah. I just got to jump in real quick. I I had no idea. I play fantasy baseball and I analyze it. I do. I play in the main event, the biggest thing possible, and I finished third. That's not bad. I'm only That's telling you this. Thank you. Yes, Dave, you've been very supportive of that. However, I'm only telling you this out there, the listeners, because I had no idea. No idea that Alex Wood threw almost 140 innings last year. That, yeah. I'm just looking at that yeah. now. I'm like, holy shit, he threw 138 yeah. innings. I had no clue, and I'm I'm working the fab every week trying to pick up players and make a difference on my squads. So let's it just goes to show you, even when you try really hard, you still can't know everything. <laughs> yeah, and much, I mean, too much out there to memorize, man. I mean, yeah. I and I I agree with Dave. Like, I think these guys are a viable kind of back into your rotation kind of guys, especially because once they get hurt, you will have to jettison off your roster. Um, I'm always looking for the next Alex Cobb or the next Alex Wood type yeah, guys. Yeah, good call. And so I'm probably I'll, I'll take a I'll take a dart throw at these guys here and there, but they're not people I'm targeting, right? Like these, they are they are the kind of guys who fall in drafts. So I'll say that like these are exactly yeah, the kind of guys who get old, they're injury prone. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. But um, for where they go, it's well, Alex Wood's going two thirty five, which is which is kind of high. Um, ooh, yeah, no like, way. You know, he's going at the same time that like Jesus Sanchez is going. I mean, I know it's a hitter, but like I'm just looking at guys around him. It's pretty high. Uh, I'd probably rather take a shot on Aaron Savale because I think he can be a workhorse. Um, I mean, he's, go he's going right in front of the, the next starting pitcher is Patrick Sandoval. I'd rather have Patrick Sandoval, I think. We have different lists, but uh, yeah. Yes, I would. I, I agree. think mine's I would scored by the last two weeks. 
It is. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. We should all be on the same page. We're doing last two weeks. I could do that. Okay. Hang on, let me so modify. So you've got 11.15 then? Yeah, 11. I did from 11.16 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. to the 29th. So. Boom. Uh, Updated. We're all in the same world now. All right. Now we're know, on the same page. Uh, you know, Cal Quantrill is going after him. Ooh. Uh, you guys are mentioning uh, some buzzy players I actually do uh, like Wood I'll Target. Cal I like Sandoval. You don't like Quantrill? Well, we'll, we'll I don't know. I don't know. I have to look into uh, more. Uh, the, the decay rate was very. The Oscar Yanoa is going behind him. Aaron Savali, all the Cleveland pitchers. I don't want the Yanoa at all. Um, yeah, do you know that all of their fish have AIDS? <laughs> <laughs> Steven Matz. We have to mention Steven Matz going after Alex Wood. Uh, so I think Cobb is probably the the the, the better target. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. For where he goes, like he's in the oh, okay, he's not okay. He's Where's 316. Three sixteen. Okay. So yeah, oh, okay. I think that's, that's a little more palatable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but even that, like there are guys going around Alex Cobb where I go, Would you rather have Alex Cobb or Carlos Carrasco? But these are the kind of guys who like don't get drafted in twelve team leagues and they're really yes. good to pick up in like good streamable starts, and I I they're they're very usable as about what I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony Gonsolin goes right behind Cobb right now, and I think I'm mm-hmm. still interested in that, even though I know he might not pitch as many innings as Cobb. I do acquiesce to that point. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of guys going in that area that I really like, so I probably won't end up with a lot of Alex Cobb either. Um, you know, I'm. Th- this is what my Giants are doing, though. Like, I really like this is it. Like, I, I hope they. I hope there's another big signing somewhere. That's all bland, dude. It's all just like potatoes with no salt, no butter. It's just boring as hell, but it fills you up and you're satiated. Do you know what my team has done so far? They've signed Sandy. Yeah, but we know your your team is is never going to sign people. Like my team like has money. They've shown the willingness to spend it before. Um, like I, you know, we're contenders. Like you're not too busy guarding the city. That's what it's too busy. (laughs) They've got a lot of work to do. We could have been a contender. But the problem, yep. the problem is that our our fucking owner doesn't spend any money. Like we had the core pieces to win, they just didn't spend. If, if this off season should be teaching you know baseball fans in general anything, is teams have a ton of money. When the Rangers yeah. are spending <laughs> six hundred million dollars, um, there 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 are no poor teams. There are absolutely yes. no poor teams. It's all yes. garbage. Um, it's all bullshit. Yes. So. Some teams, right, it, man. some teams run it to win. Sometimes some teams run it to make money, uh, maximize their profits because they just think of it as a business. And that's what, unfortunately, Cleveland's owner does. They can commit a half billion dollars in a week. That's a team that's not even one of the oh, biggest yeah. teams in the league at all. The, so Yankee, they, right. the Yankees and the Dodgers have shown the best way to maximize profits is to put the best fucking team on the field. Because then Tell you my can own it just it boggles my mind like you know yeah. Yeah. owners um, like owners like the rays have owners like the the yep. in, or uh, the guardians have owners like the uh, the a's have like it just boggles my mind like you maximize profits by putting the best possible product out there um in order to drive up ticket sales drive up uh you know jersey sales whatever all the you know you know tv money all that stuff preach uh, on preach but, on each one of uh, these assets, each one of these teams is worth billions of dollars. End yeah. of story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, you know, speaking of uh, Sandy Alcantara, uh, he signed a five-year extension for fifty-six million dollars with the Cheap. Marlins. Um, he's been going as a top 
uh, I think top 10 to top 15 starter as well this uh, this season. Dave, I'm pretty sure he's going as the 15. Wait, no, no, no. 41. Uh, he's going to yeah, pick 41, the 13th starter off the board as you account for a couple relievers right there. Uh, Dave, are you in on Alcantara? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this earlier, but I'm I'm a big Alcantara fan. I think he he is very very similar to Zach Wheeler. They both throw like 97, 98 miles an hour. They're both horses. They let him go deep into games. He pitches over. He throws over 100 pitches in a game. They'll let him go well over 200 innings. I think. I mean, he already went 205. He went 197 in 2019. Um, you know, getting him for 56 million over five years is a fucking steal. Like this was the best contract I saw signed so far this off season. And I mean, the Marlins did an incredible job to lock him up for that. I mean, they're basically paying him the same thing that they're paying Avisayo Garcia for an extra year of Alcantara. I mean, this guy's a bona fide ace. I've got him on, on my top 10 starting pitchers. So yeah, I'm very in on Alcantara. I have him tested yeah. well. Uh, Michael, you, you're in agreement? Oh, hell yeah. I'm the guy who wrote preseason on rotafanatic.com. Dark Horse Cy Young winner for 2021. What was mine? Woo, it was nice. Sandy Alcantara. So that one I got right. Unfortunately, I picked Yoan Mankata for Dark Horse AL MVP in 2021. So that was... I just want to show you guys. Yeah. Get them right. Get them wrong. Either way, you wipe your butt. You pull up your pants. You zip them up and move on with your day. That's life. And it's going to change... For nothing that you do. But I love Sandy Alcantara. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan. I'm so grateful that the Marlins locked him up. Even if they got a steal of a deal, in my opinion, I think this is a really nice contract for them because he's going to blow away this contract. And he's locked in until he's what, 31 now. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a fantastic deal for the Marlins. Um, I, like I said, I've got him as my number 10 starting pitcher. No problem starting him uh, off as my ace. Uh, yeah, in the draft. it's all about the Love strikeouts, it. Justin. Actually, they, people said he couldn't strike people out, and he made some adjustments in 2021 to lift those up. Especially in the second half, where you really start throwing the slider more. If he yep. continues to do that, he's going to continue yes! to strike guys out. Uh, and and I love what Dave was saying about in the beginning, which is he's gone 200 pretty much twice in the last you know in the last two full seasons. Uh, you know, 197 in in 2019, and then over 200 this year. There's no reason to think he can't do that. And if he does again, he's just going to be another huge payday for for people who went back to the well. I actually really like their top three uh, in in my current draft that uh, I've already referenced. I uh, love I Trevor Rogers. Love I, I took Rogers. Trevor Rogers and Pablo Lopez as my one two when I missed out on that top tier uh, of starting pitching and. and I'm okay. With I feel that. like Lopez was inching ahead of Alcantara coming into 2021, but he blew past mm-hmm. Lopez, in my opinion. Now. Oh yeah, I think we would all oh, yeah. agree with that. Now. Oh, well, yeah, I think sure. really because Lopez got hurt, though. Like I think Lopez has the same type of upside to, to go back. But uh, Lopez, and, and, Lopez, and Rogers don't go that deep into games as Alcantara does. Like Alcantara is their horse, um, and I uh, love I th- Rogers. I but... think Miami will let them if they can show that they're healthy. Maybe, but it won't be this Miami, year. Miami did it with Sixto before Sixto broke down like this yeah. is what Miami wants to do Miami wants their starters to go deep in the games like if you're yeah. targeting starters from a team go target the Miami uh uh starting uh pitching staff because I, I think they they want their guys to go deep in the game take pressure off the bullpen um and uh I, Miami's going to be a real interesting team with their signings uh sure. because another another one of their signings I was just going to say uh, real quick too uh if you yeah. go back and listen to the last episode of high stakes heat we uh we had Michael Simeone on Mr. SP streamer himself, and we did talk about Alcantara. Alcantara was uh, Michael's pick 
for who he would avoid at their draft cost. So if you want to hear another side yeah. of the coin, if you want to hear I another side that, of the coin. I listened to that, um, but I would like to remind everybody that he likes Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> uh, it, that's a very good rebuttal. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Just for the record, though, I'm the guy. I'm the biggest Alcantara fan in the business. I want that to be on the record, okay? So if Simeon gets Lorenzen, I get Alcantara. He's my buddy now. Sandy, I love you. Come on my show. We'll talk for hours. Love you, baby. <laughs> uh, Abisal Garcia signed a four-year deal, uh, as Dave mentioned, with uh, Miami. Um I think it's an interesting, interesting deal. Uh, I assume this means Garcia will be a full-time player, which is something he wasn't uh, yeah. in Milwaukee. So that is some added value there. Govier, what are your thoughts on Avisel Garcia going to Miami? I, I kind of baffled, I guess, if, unless they really thought that 2021 was a breakout for him in a sense, because power-wise it was, I suppose. That's not saying a lot because his career is just filled with streaks and then nothingness. It happens to every player. I know streaks are, you know, they're part of the game. They always will be. But for him, they seem to be a little more prolonged and not as long as like a Jonathan Scope streak that goes on for six weeks and then he does nothing for the rest <laughs> of the season. But you know what I mean? I, I'm surprised by this deal. The numbers don't make sense to me for some reason, Dave. It's four years, $53 million for a guy who isn't that reliable at times and can be decent, but I think you could have got a cheaper version of this guy somewhere 13, else. I really do. You think 13 million a year is, is a lot uh, for, for obviously Garcia. I think it is, especially yeah. for the Marlins, for the Marlins in particular. I was, I guess maybe that's what surprised me the most, Dave, is that the Marlins did this when for another team it would be like, okay, great. They did this deal. Nobody cares. So yeah. maybe that's what it is. I, I'm not sure what it is, but something about me, is feeling uncertain and uncomfortable with this deal. It just doesn't seem to make sense, but they'll have the last laugh, maybe. When was the last time Avisel Garcia played in 140 games in a season? <sighs> maybe w- once, and that was, yeah, maybe with the... Dave, Dave, Dave nailed it, once, 2015. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Okay. Um, yep. I, I, it, it feels like teams don't... Well, okay, so one of those years was with the Rays. We know that they don't play their guys every day. And then yep. with, with, with Milwaukee, they had kind of like four or five outfielders that they were cycling around like three positions. So, um, and, and for a while, you know, Yelich was playing pretty much every day. So they really just had these guys like, cause they had Jackie Bradley Jr., Avisail, and I think Kane that they were kind of cycling through. So I feel like he hasn't been in a situation where he can play like be uh, that guy Chicago though. He's 31 almost Dave Chicago. He was there for five years or so. And they wanted yeah. him from the Tigers. They gave him every chance. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he'll probably miss some games, but it's not like you're taking him as like your outfielder one, two, or even three where you're going to need those. And we, we assume that the national league will get the DH. There's another spot yeah. that they can, they can put right. him to keep him healthy. You know, uh, take him he's going in a really weird spot in terms of his ADP, which is a certain rise after signing. Uh, like, like I said, almost every guy who signs does get some sort of a uh, bump to their ADP. Currently going at 193, uh, same spot as Hunter Renfro with Michael Conforto, Ian Happ, uh, Andrew Vaughn, Austin Hayes going behind him, Seiya Suzuki, uh, Gallo, and Grossman going ahead of him. I just can't imagine I'm going to draft him 
over any of those guys. Hmm. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Exactly. Like I just, I don't know. He used to be uh, the guy that was like really, really like, hey, this is a really nice discount on Abyssal Garcia. Like, you know, he's going really cheap. He's going 250 something, but it just feels like 190 sitting where the other outfielders in that spot are going. I'm probably not going to draft him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had him, I think, I think I had 100% Avisail ownership last year because he was, like you said, he was going like 250. I think maybe even later. I think he might have been like 270, something like that. And I was just like, I was all over it. Um, I was like, this this guy's the best bargain. Especially in the after, as, yeah, especially after they uh, they signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Because it was like, well, now with Yelich and, and Kane, he doesn't have a spot in no DH. Right. Actually, yeah, um, he might have been after 300. Now that I'm thinking about, it. I think he was pretty yeah. much an afterthought. But yeah, you're right. Now that he's up to you know inside the top 200. He's a tougher buy. Um, I guess I, I have that soft spot for him, but I don't, you know, I don't draft based on that. So um, when I put together <laughs> when I put together you know? my numbers, no, no, I, I I don't care if I've had a guy before or never had a guy before. Every year's every year the slate is wiped clean. I I look into everybody with fresh eyes and and go from there. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know with Avasail probably not uh, in in that ballpark. It's not going to do any do him any favors either in that lineup. So, um, yeah, I think at that, unfortunately, I'll probably be out this year on him. All right. Uh, speaking of Miami, uh, they traded today for Jacob Stallings. Uh, do we care? No, nope. we don't care about him. Well, for pitching, we do. But for pitching, I've heard that he's going to have he could have a pretty good effect on their staff. I mean, if you think about those guys getting any better, I'm all for that. I mean, exactly. Jorge, Jorge Alfaro is one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball. I know he's an everyday guy, but, uh, you know, Stallings should be a pretty big upgrade for that pitching staff. I don't know that he is. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't – and honestly, I, I mean, I have not watched enough of Stallings because I don't watch a lot of Pittsburgh games, and I'm not necessarily <laughs> looking at the catching when I do. Um, but They're clearing like, house, man. Braun's gone. To- Moran's gone. They're de- – they're- just all designating stars, people for assignment. All their stars are going. According to, <laughs> according to Zavant, he is a below average framer. Um, oh, so maybe someone you know, oh. maybe I need to talk to Eric Samolski and 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 see what he uh, what he's smart. Sees in, uh, yeah. You know, he really knows catching, um, or, or Matt Thompson really knows catching as well, uh, and and see what they what they have seen in a guy like Stallings. But I don't know that he is an upgrade. I mean, I guess. He's an upgrade in the fact that he he's just an upgrade over uh over. He's Alfaro. not Alfaro, so he's an yeah. Upgrade. 
but a, he's a veteran catcher. That's it. Move on. Who I, cares? Yeah, I don't think this matters. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let, let's move on uh, and talk about one of the things I keep referencing, which is the fact the Rangers just spent like a crap oh ton of God. money. Um, they they had four signings here in the last few days. Seven years, hundred seventy five million dollars on Marcus Simeon. Ten years, three hundred twenty five million dollars on uh, Corey Seager. Uh, Dave loves Cole, that one. Cole Calhoun, Whoa. one year, five uh, five million, um, and then John Gray, four years, fifty six million. Let's start with Simeon uh, because someone was in a draft. I guess uh, I think it was Zach was saying he was in a draft. Or no, no, I think uh, it was uh, George uh, Montanez was, was uh, saying he was in a draft uh, that started today, and someone popped Simeon in the first round uh, after this signing which i laughed at uh pretty good just real money not monopoly money apparently uh uh, dc i mean no one has been a bigger marcus simeon fan over the last three years than me i absolutely love marcus simeon Uh, i was in you know uh on on the first breakout the second breakout i've been a huge fan of his uh you know the last four or five years this is the worst possible place he could have landed. Um, and there is absolutely no way I am touching him in the first probably three, three rounds, rounds now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so if um, I've seen him go now in the first, I've seen him go in the fourth. The fourth sounds about right. Uh, Dave, it sounds like you agree with me. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously monster season last year, but you're not going to see anywhere close to those run and RBI numbers in Texas. You can almost have them. Uh, that's cut them in half. I mean, like it's, it's going to be real. It's going to be real rough. Uh, I, I don't care who else they added. It's still not a good lineup. Um, yeah. I, I heard someone say, well, you know, the Rangers run more, so maybe he'll run more maybe, but he's also gonna be 31. So I, I don't, you know, I don't like to depend on those kind of guys. You know, he's, he's also like a, 10 to 15 steals guy i don't imagine even even like in my wildest dreams maybe he'll get like 20 21 22 something like that i but i would that would kind of shock me honestly so yeah i just uh i think that's um way too long and and too much money to give him in real life and in fantasy i just got a lot less interested michael your thoughts Marcus Simeon, in the last two full seasons played, 19 and 21. He's a top three MVP finalist, which is incredible. That's very cool, but doesn't exactly mean that he's a fantasy stalwart for you. They're not correlated necessarily. They usually can be. If you provide production, that means you're a high, highly sought-after fantasy player that you want to get in your squad. Problem is, uh, Marcus Simeon... He said the field that sucks. That's it's kind of a bummer. I agree, but I actually like their lineup. I think he's going to score a lot of runs. I really do. And the Rangers do like to run. They didn't do it as much in 2021 as they did in 2020, which had me excited for them. They were one of the busiest teams on the base pass. In fact, that's one of the reasons that killed a few Rangers value for me because they didn't run as much in 2021. So if there's more of a commitment to that in 2022, Simeon's value still holds true to me. But there's no way in hell I'm drafting him in the top 24. I never, never want to dive in on a guy who just had a career year. And I know he had the top three AL MVP finish in 2019. So that was another career-like year. So it looks like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm just really kind of torn on this one right now. It's incomplete. It's still too early. 
I think there's production in this lineup, but I'm not sure I'm going to pay the price that you all want me to pay based on ADP. Yeah, I think the hard part is he's going from that amazing Toronto lineup to not an amazing Texas lineup. And I know that they're adding pieces to it, uh, but there's there's like no path to 100 runs scored. um, No path? Uh, See, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't think so. Um, They got some hitters in this lineup. They're going to strike out and they've got some issues and the pitching big time, but you also have to remember, it's not like he's a big OBP guy. I mean, this is not yeah, a guy he benefit, like 330 he with a 400 OBP. He benefited from hitting in Buffalo and Dunedin. Uh, you know, he, his on-base percentage after they went back to Rogers Center was 317. Mm, that's you a know? really interesting and, and stat. That, okay. And now you're going to Globe Life, which is not a great place to hit. Uh, I just... And, it's not, and, but I just like some of the pieces in the lineup. I like Nate Lowe. I like Adolis Garcia to prov- provide run production for them. We mix that in with our next guy we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think there is a path to 100 runs, but it's still not something that is even close to being as exciting as what he was in Toronto. I get yeah. that. I'm with you there. And for me, it's all about price. Like, if he's going in the fourth round, I'll scoop him up. He's second base and shortstop eligible, uh, which is great. Um, I do think he will, you know, bat either leadoff or near the top of the lineup, which is great. Um, there are some good bats behind him, like you mentioned, Michael. But like, if he, my fear is he's going to stick in the third or second round in drafts, and I just not gonna, I'm not gonna pay for that. I mean, his uh, ADP so. right now is twenty three, so he's going in the middle of the second round. I mean, yeah. there's just there's everybody around him. Everybody I would rather have. And <laughs> and and that ADP is going up once that draft where he went in the first round. Uh, <laughs> Because well, and I mean, here there clear, clearly was another draft. He was taken in the first round because he was taking his min pick well, on that that twenty three ADP is twelve. So yeah, yeah, uh, somewhere. But his max pick is thirty over the last two weeks. Like that means he hasn't gotten out of the second round, right? In any drafts that has finished in the last two weeks. So yeah, out of seven uh, drafts, but yeah. So it's a small sample, but everything's yeah. a small sample, right? Now. Right. Uh, the other other big signing, um, Corey Seager. Man, uh, I, I think anybody who's been following me, uh, listen to my podcast, written, uh, read my written work over the last four or five years, will know that I am not a Corey Seager fan. Um, I don't like his injury proneness, uh, and uh, I cannot believe that anybody gave him a three hundred million dollar contract. This is. Um, you know, if you could turn injury off for him, I think he'd be worth it. Um, I, I don't like this at all. Michael, you you got a little, you got a look on your face. I want, I want to know what it is. Uh, it's one of, uh, befuddlement. Uh, I'm confused. I'm lost because this guy is so typical of a big time name that never has the stat line at the end of the year to go with the you know, the prosperity and the excitement and the honor of being an elite shortstop usually has in fantasy baseball. It's just never there. We get the spurts again. It seems like these streaks come and they go and he gets hurt. It's an elbow injury. It's a hip issue. It's a hammy, yada, yada, yada. Endless injuries for a 10-year run. I mean, forget about that for a second. Just forget about that. From a fantasy perspective, if what you said about Marcus Simeon holds true, then it's going to be a reduction in... Almost everything across the board for him offensively 
which is a real bummer for you. And if people depress his value, I know a lot of people last year were really trying to pump up Seager. Like, this is the year, Corey Seager, 2021. This is happening. And I would uh, like all those people to send me a written apology note, too. Yeah. Because the shit I took for saying that Corey Seager should not be going in the second or third rounds of draft. Don't um, hold your breath. I'm due yeah. a lot of apologies from a lot of people that yeah. I'm never going to get. So don't I'm looking at you, anymore. Matt Davis. Uh, you know, that's exactly yeah. what oh, I was thinking of. Yeah. That's Matt exactly Davis. what I was thinking of when we started talking to Corey who, Yeah, he, I remember he yelled at me for saying Bieber over Clevenger. He's like, the only person who thinks that Bieber should be going over Clevenger is Dave. And I'm like, okay. And then he went out and won the Cy Young that year. Clevenger got hurt. I'm like, All right, well, there you go. Yeah, Maddie, you're a good guy, but you got this yeah. one wrong, okay? Yeah. And you should be grateful. Maddie. He's a Dodgers fan. He should be grateful he that Corey is. Seager's gone. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But, I mean, I think that a lot of times guys out of L.A. get a lot of hype. Like L.A. and New York, you know, you're going to get a lot more hype, a lot more people are going to be way higher on them than they should be. Um, the guy's really He's got talented. a brother in the game. It's like a family True. baseball name. So, oh, yeah, Seager, I know that name. Right. Uh, he's a really good hitter. Don't get me wrong, but – um the price has never once matched the production so i i'm staying away he also you know who he reminds me of because i i think he's he's playing the wrong position like i think they're playing him at shortstop and he can't stay healthy at shortstop i think that's a big problem troy Tulowitzki. troy Tulowitzki was the same ah. way he was a bigger guy pl- trying to play shortstop just built the wrong way to play shortstop and i think they need to move him off of that He's, gonna, I mean, he's, he's really talented, but he can't oh, stay healthy. Go back and look at his scouting reports from when he was in the minor leagues. Almost yeah. all of them said he would not stay at shortstop long-term, and they've continued to, in spite of a back issue, a hip issue. He's uh, like, four. Like, he's why a is, huge dude. Like He should be playing third base. Um, and I, but he's not going to be doing that in Texas because they've got Josh Young, who's going to be coming up probably next year. And going to be playing third base for them unless they they've got moving. they've got Trey Turner. I mean, oh, well, now that he's in Texas, I guess he's going. But I mean, like, I don't know why they were still playing him at short in, in L.A. But yeah, yeah maybe I, he's so stubborn about it, he refuses, absolutely refuses. I'm a shortstop, and that's what I do. Some, some guys are like that. Like, I mean, we've yeah. seen that. I'm sure it's probably that, part of his contract is he's like, I'll sign with you, but you're you're keeping me at shortstop. He probably said yeah. something like that. That's why he's um, never had a 30 home run season ever when he very much should have had at least one by now. But mm-hmm. I mean, I I put it out on Twitter today. I said they're going to regret this contract. I mean, this is this is going to be bad. He hasn't hit twenty home runs in a season since what two thousand and seventeen. That's right. Yeah, That's right. 20, and he hit twenty two. So you know, huge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it going here with the Rangers. Um, do we care about Cole Calhoun? No, I don't. No, no. no. I mean. He's a guy you'll pick up for like a couple of weeks when he gets hot for a fab run, and that's it. But you're not drafting him. Yeah, I mean, right. People will draft him in 15-team leagues. They will, right. but I'm He's not. He's a good defensive player. Maybe it helps a little bit of the pitchers, especially with that huge uh, the outfield in, in – uh, in Yeah, he's all bop, though. Like, what else does he provide yeah. beyond home runs, right? Yeah, 200, 220 batting average and you know, a handful home runs. You can get that anywhere. Uh, off the waiver wire. In, just in just so you guys time. know, when Justin says, do we care, that's his way of saying, I don't know why Dave put him in the show notes. That's really yeah. what Justin <laughs> No, no. I know no, you, you should put him in the show notes, but I also don't want to spend 10 minutes. <laughs> no, uh, no. We can when, yeah, yeah. Especially when Gove has got to take off here in a little bit, uh, and you and I are going to finish it out. So, uh, John Gray, this is an interesting one, right? I love this signing. 
Four years, fifty-six million dollars And on the seventh day, John Gray was freed from Corsfield. So let it be written. So let it be done. And uh, before we talk about John, are you Gray, let's, let's first talk about yeah. the Rockies, who did not trade him at the deadline because they wanted to resign him, and then didn't even give him a qualifying offer. Like, so I, did, like, I've like, no, what? I, I mean, I feel like the number of times we ask what the fuck are the Rockies doing is like astronomically high. I, I never know. I never know. I mean, they could have gotten something at the deadline for him. He would have looked great as, I don't know, an Atlanta Brave or as um, a Yankee or, or whatever, Array. like a array. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I really don't understand it. Um, but I love this move for the Rangers. I think it's a really, really good deal for them. It's it's not super expensive. Um, it uh, you know gets him from the worst park in baseball to pitch in to one of the best parks in baseball to pitch in. Uh, Govier, you obviously sing in his praises. You agree? Oh man, I am like a lot of other people out there. Uh, in fact, actually, Maddie Davis again. He was recovering. He used to be the president of the John Gray fan club. I don't mean to call you out again, Maddie, but you know what I'm talking about. You were there. We all tried our best to make John Gray a thing in Coors, and it never quite could be that because Coors is tough. And then it's a bozo organization, too, so that brings you down. Uh, the injuries piled up a little bit recently, too. He also is somebody that I always look for five straight starts that are going to be fantastic. And actually in 2021, there was a stretch where he did serve you well. He was on Eric Cross and I's team for the tag team league that we did, which was also created by Maddie Davis. Maddie, you're involved with everything. It's amazing. And we kept John Gray up until I want to say like July or so. He was very useful till he got hurt. In fact, he was more than useful. He was providing a consistent Low whips with like six innings pitch at least. He wasn't always getting the wins, of course, because the Rockies sucked. This is a roto-focused opinion. But John Gray is someone we've all wondered what would he be like outside of Coors. And I'm really, really excited about this. I think he gets his day here, and it comes at the right time with the right team and the right type of ballpark. They're going to lose. They stink. But he's probably going to be their ace, and that's cool. So I, I think he <laughs> wants to be that guy. <laughs> Dave, what are your thoughts on John Gray? Yeah, I mean, I like I like it from, you know, the fit going to the AL West um, in that park. I like it a lot. Um, I do think that a lot of times when people see a guy who goes from a bad situation to a good one, they tend to ram them up the board super hard. So, like, right <laughs> now, he's going, he's going, like, 310. I bet he jumps 100 picks. I bet he's yes. going about 210. Um, I'm not paying that. I am not well, paying that. It's going to happen. I, I'm telling okay, you Okay, well, now, I'm not like... paying that. I want it on the record now <laughs> so I don't look like an asshole later on. <laughs> I mean, we can definitely still make you look like an asshole. But all right, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Um, so, yeah, like I like him in theory. It depends on where I can get him. Um, so we'll see in the next week or so where he starts going. But um, I, I definitely think he's going to creep up into the low 200s and maybe even a high 100s. So uh, I think he's going to go from – he's a really good bargain right now, and I think he's going to become not a good bargain very shortly. 
Yeah, I, I have him as my number 72nd starting pitcher. He's currently going off the board as the number 81 starting pitcher. If he were to jump up that 100 spots, he'd move to right around starting pitcher number 60-ish, 61, 62. Um, so that would, that would price me out on John Gray. So I, it's definitely going to be dependent on how much he jumps out. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people in podcasts, a lot of articles written about how he is getting such a great landing spot for right. his skills. Uh, there also will be people that will point out that he was better in Colorado than he was in the road. Don't yeah. worry about that. Like, don't just don't worry about that. Like that's, um, I think that's a little bit silly. Uh, if he stays outside the top 70 starting pitchers, I'll be in. If he starts creeping inside the top 60, inside that top 200 picks like Dave was just talking about, probably not going to get a lot of John Gray. Do you guys remember with uh, C.J. Crone? Because it's the opposite with hitters, obviously. Yeah. When C.J. Crone went to Colorado last year, he went he was from – top. He's a top 150 pick. He, yeah. yeah, he jumped up literally, I think it was close, like 175 draft picks. So like, and people would, he would be that target for people. They would see him coming up and they would jump him up even further to make sure that they got him. So people always overreact to Coors guys either leaving or coming or leaving. So I just in general assume that I'm not going to get, yeah, all right. <laughs> Evil Otto says he's I hear my third best gray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evil, Evil Auto says he's the third best gray. So he's um, clearly taking uh, Josiah and Sonny over him. I think I don't, Josiah I don't eventually will be, but I don't think he is yet. I agree. I, I have Josiah ranked below. Um, but that also does not include gray son Rodriguez. So Right. So uh, hmm. who should be up at some point this year. Uh, Sounds like gray V to me. Yes. Uh, Michael, I know you have to take off because you're a busy man and we're going <laughs> long tonight. Um, but we'll hopefully talk to you on Thursday. Remind everybody, where through your social media, plug everything you've got going on right now, uh, and then we'll let you go and Dave and I will finish it out. Well, it's been a fun 90 minutes of fantasy baseball action here. The hot stove is cooking like it's never cooked before. We got grits. We got eggs. We've got uh, bacon if you like it. Uh, if you're in the lunch mood, we could probably hook you up with a grilled cheese sandwich, I'm sure. Would that be the Wobican? hot stove? Wobican, of course. Yes, we have Wobican, which is an extra special order. Costs much, much more. Bottom line, though, is you're getting no Wobican. You're getting none of this crap in 48 hours. It's all going bye-bye. So enjoy this now. Live it up. You can follow me on Twitter, MJGovier. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. That's the portal. You know, there's a transfer portal in college football, but the portal to my world starts at MJGovier on Twitter. You can access all my podcasts. I do football, movies. Lots of stuff. The Plaza Podcast, we're hopefully going to do a new episode once this goes dark and everything's done. Like the first week of December or so, we'll probably knock out an episode. We've been doing our Prospects episode, which is like a half hour get in, get out type deal with Phil Goyette. It happens every Monday or Tuesday. I'll be doing that tomorrow on Tuesday. And it's only 30 minutes, so it's just like an update. What's going on? Phil knows Prospects. He's a really wise dude. So I'd recommend that. Check me out. Go live your life and think twice before you ever follow someone, because it might change your life forever on Twitter. For the good, for the bad, and the in-between. You never know. It's a crazy space. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, it's one of the craziest spaces out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, brother. I don't know uh, what's happening. Did you right mention now. the first day pod? Because I, I, I don't know that you mentioned that. Love oh, thank you. Yes, that is a really important podcast. It's about mental yeah, with, health, with, talk uh, addiction. With your better half. 
Yes. Yes, with my wonderful co-host slash girlfriend. Girlfriend first, host second. Uh, Leanne, hello. We do it every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. You can follow us at First Day Pod on Twitter as well. Get all the info. They also do it's the a really positive pod. Which one? You said you do it every Sunday. I said you also do the podcast. Oh, you mean we have sex? Yeah, we are human beings. We date. So if we don't have sex, it would be kind of weird. In fact, people would be like, yeah, that's a couple. There they go. They don't have sex. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they're and together. So. My wife has been on the podcast. I don't think I don't believe she's been there for the sex, though. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love doing this stuff. I love talking baseball with Dave and Justin. These are two not only the most knowledgeable and like useful analysts for your fantasy benefit. They're just great guys. And I say that because I know great people. If these guys were dickheads, if they were shit, I wouldn't say that. I try to keep it real and I mean what I say. So make sure you follow these guys. You're connected with them. I always love being on the show. And last thing I want to mention real quick is this guy, Sam. I actually don't know his last name, so I feel bad, Sam. I do like you. You're a good guy. I have your like phone Sam number, but FBB, I don't know your last name. I think Sam FBB. That's on right. Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam FBB1 on Twitter. It's, it's right now his current handle or what do they call it? His display name is Ted Lasso yep. Disciple. So go look him up at Sam FBB1. He's looking for other analysts who want to take a questionnaire because he's got an idea. He wants to know, like, we want to know everything about our own fantasy experiences. Where did we first start playing fantasy baseball? What are our opinions on the types of leagues and all the things that go into that? He's trying to build this type of database in a sense so he could possibly do something greater with it later on. So if you're into fantasy baseball and you want to share your story with Sam, hit him up on Twitter at SamFBB1 and go from there. A really cool dude. He owns pet stores. He's sweet. He's kind. He's cool. He loves the Seattle Mariners. It's all good in the hood with Sam. And I would really, really appreciate it if you took the time to go follow him and see what he's all about. Absolutely. Uh, Sam uh, has been talking to me about that old questionnaire thing. I think we might do something on friendsfacebenefits.com with it. So Even better. Uh, uh, yeah, so definitely. Um, I'm actually trying to get him to do it into a Google form so that way I could just email it off to everybody at TGFBI. So, uh, well, get that done, that- Sam. Come on. Say <laughs> he's a really good dude. Uh, he's been chatting with me for a little while here on on Twitter uh, in the DMs. So, uh, but Michael, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to go. You got work to do. You've got a waiver wire article to go right mm. at midnight. It's uh, fab, by the way, not waiver wire. Okay, there's oh, a big whatever. difference. And people get really pissed if you don't know the difference for some reason. I don't know why. I don't care. But you know. same difference to me. Yeah. I, yeah. People can't uh, live without my fab article every Tuesday morning at fantraxhq.com. Smart guy. Yeah, I love you, brother. Right. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. Love you. Love you guys too, man. Uh, we'll do part two later this week, guys. I'll be back we'll soon. So until then, absolutely. Woo-doo. And remember, we're not we're not Detroit. We're not Detroit. Uh, you'll have your day, my friend. You will have your day. All right, Audi. See ya. Peace. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with uh, Govier gone, we can now talk about uh, the, the next Mets. signing. Which well, then they have the next few signings, which are what the Mets have done. Uh, Eduardo Escobar signed a two-year, twenty million dollars. That was the first deal, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But then they signed Marquina. I was like, "Oh, okay." The Mets are actually like doing some stuff. But then there was this report that came out that they weren't going to go after anybody um, who had a qualifying offer attached to them, and it was like, "Oh, the Mets have this billionaire owner. They're not going to be spending money." Uh, and then they signed. Starling Marte for four years, $78 million. And then the big one dropped. Uh, they dropped, what, a $42 million a year 
contract on Max Scherzer for three seasons. He has an opt-out, I believe, after two. Um, the Mets going crazy right now. Why don't we start with Escobar? What are your thoughts on Escobar going to New York? And, uh, you know, in our Battle of the Pods chat, our, our buddy Matt Williams has just been going crazy for like three oh, he's, days. He is he's, running around. He wants to run through walls. He is just like a like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, he is so excited um, and good for him. You know, I, I, I wonder what that would be like for my team to sign good players. Uh, I don't know if that's something I'll, I'll ever get to experience, but um, you know, good for Mets fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, Eduardo Escobar is just like, he's the definition of a solid player. I mean, this guy can hit, you know, 25 to 35 homers, Produce at the plate, you know, 260, 255, 260, 265, 270, you know, in that range, average-wise. Um, and it looks like the Mets are going to put together a pretty damn good uh, lineup there. I, I'm assuming he's going to be playing every day. I mean, they kind of have a lot of guys around there, and I know that Escobar has in the past kind of been that super utility guy, but I, I think he's kind of proven that he should be playing every day. So I'm assuming he's going to at least be playing most days. Um, that would be... That would be what I would assume. What about you? Yeah, I I wonder if there is some more moves coming from the Mets. Not necessarily in terms of free agency, though they have been connected to uh, Javi Baez and and potentially uh, wanting to bring him back. Uh, But I wonder if they will trade for some pitching. Um, You know, they they have a good, you know, kind of top of the rotation as long as DeGrom is healthy. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but uh, I wonder if like maybe they look to trade like uh, a Dom Smith um, or McNeil, uh, maybe uh, McNeil. Um, though, I mean, they're, they'd be they'd be selling so low on both of those guys. And the DH, right. we assume, is coming to the National League, which would give right. Dom Smith especially an extra place to play. McNeil can play everywhere defensively. So. Uh, that's not as an issue for him. I, I don't see why you sign Escobar if you're not going to play him full-time. Um, and I know he wasn't, like, fantastic necessarily at the end of the season with Chicago, but, um, yeah, I think he's an everyday player. I don't love the park for him. It's not, you know, it's it's kind of a downgrade when you go from Milwaukee and, right. you know, Chicago to, uh, to New York. But I think, you know, the price on him, I can't imagine I didn't even check it. Uh, it, I mean, it's, like it's like 190. It's like one. Oh yeah, that's fine. And I think yeah, he's still I mean, second and third base eligible, right? This this is probably mostly before second and third. Yeah, this is probably yeah. mostly before he signed with the Mets, though. And I I see his min pick is 134. 134 would be tough to do. Um, yeah, I yeah, think no, he's, probably, he's going up there. Then that, that's a that's a no go for me. I think because he's settle, not going to be hitting at the top. Right. I think he'll settle in the 150 160 area if I were to guess. Um, but you know, another thing is I know that they have Robinson Cano there. I don't think he's blocking anybody from playing time though. I I wouldn't be surprised. And I think Matt Williams said this in our, in our group chat, if they caught Uh, him, if if they caught him, he's in the last year of that, of that albatross of deal. Right. Um, They just removed him from his winter league game with back discomfort, you know, and that's, I mean, I'm not saying they clearly not don't here, care. But... They clearly do not care about some cost either. I mean, they no, you know they've no. got a ton of money. Uh, you know, Steve Cohen has just a ton of money. Uh, they're going they're for it. So we're going to do whatever they need to do to win. They they're going to put the best team on the field. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I like guys like Escobar. If he, especially if he's going outside like the top 150, um, 
because he can play middle or corner for you. Like, right. right. You, know, so right. You, you get a guy yeah. that can, you know, ostensibly play five different positions on your fantasy roster between second, third, middle, corner, and util. Uh, and I like having those guys kind of, you know, being able to move around, uh, you know, to so many different spots. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind I mean, Escobar at all. He's, he's, uh, he plays similar positions to, he has the same position eligibility as Ryan McMahon and Luis Urias, although Urias also has shortstop, but they're both going higher than Eduardo Escobar. And I'd take Escobar over both of them. So, I think that um, no, you take one of them I, over. I think you make the argument for McMahon, though. Uh, Coors is still cool. I'm not a I'm not a McMahon um, believer. Um, I I I am a little bit, but at some point you have to you do have to produce. Uh, Urias, I was really impressed by Urias, and him being triple eligible is huge. I think, uh, especially in that ballpark, I, I would take Urias over Escobar. Okay, so. Um, their next signing that we talked about, Mark Canha, yeah, uh, a real interesting signing. He could theoretically lead off or, or hit second, um, in what we think is going to be a really good lineup, um, in, in New York. Do you like in Mark Canha? I do, I, I, I like Mark Hanna. Um, I feel like people tend to like him more than I would assume they would though. Like he's that guy that like, I feel like a lot of the community is really high on Mark Hanna and I'm, it's like, you're looking at his stats and other than 2019 where he had the 26 bombs and it hit 273, you know, he's, he's been sub 250. Uh, last year he did steal 12 bases, but he only had 17 homers, but granted that's also in Oakland. I, I, I know that the Mets park isn't great for power, but uh, I think it'll probably be better than Oakland. So not I'm much. Probably, no, not much. Okay. I don't think so. I, I'd have to double check the park factors, but I don't believe it's going to be I think that Oakland much different. One of the worst, uh, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I do like Canna. He goes at a good, I mean, he goes like 256 right now. This is ADP. Um, you know, every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Although I see Michael Brantley going after him, and I'd certainly rather have Brantley. So, you know, it, it's like anything else. It, it depends on where he settles and, and what I need at the time. But, uh, you know, he can give you some power. He can give you some speed. And uh, he's in a good lineup, so he should be – you know, I mean, he's he's been a good run producer for, for a few years, or, uh, you know, in terms of giving you runs. Uh, he, he usually hits near the top of the lineup, so I expect that they'll use him near the top of their lineup uh, – on this team as well. I would too. Roster resource has him penciled in seventh spot though. That's interesting. Well, they're just, they, they still have Nimmo leading off, which I don't think will. No, I, I would, 
I would say Canna is more likely to lead off than at least versus at least versus lefties. Canna will lead off. Um, right. Maybe maybe it's a platoon situation where they kind of switch spots one to seven, depending on if it's a lefty or righty up. Um, but I mean, even when he is leading off, Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, and Pete Alonso behind you, and potentially Javi yeah. Baez yeah. as well. Uh, that's a that's a pretty damn good spot. Um, right, and I mean N- Nimmo never stays healthy. Love Brandon Nimmo, I do. I love Brandon Nimmo, but dude cannot stay on the field. So right, um, yeah. And both Nimmo would... and Kana are both uh, like really, really good OBP guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And honestly, looking at that, I am a little lower on Escobar now because of the fact that I'm thinking about like he's not. I mean, unless he's they hit seven or eight, yeah, yeah, he's gonna hit seven or eight. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to because even if they if there's a DH. They're, they could be hitting someone else ahead of them too. So yeah, oh, that's, Smith. yeah, 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 or McNeil, JD Davis, who knows? But yeah, I mean, well, I think Escobar, Escobar could be the DH at that point. They, I think Escobar too. could feasibly hit sixth. They move Canada one, and, and they could hit Nemo like eighth, uh, something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. But um, that's yeah, a potentially I mean, I, dangerous lineup. I yeah, really that's like that's the that's the big takeaway is that the Mets are looking real good right now. Yeah. Um, they add, I also add to the pitching. Oh, actually let's, let's talk about Starling Marte. Starling yeah. Marte also signing there for a four year uh, deal. Um, I was surprised that this is where Marte ended up. I really thought there was a chance he'd end up back in uh, Miami. He seemed to really like it there, but, uh, this was four years, $78 million. Good for him to get paid. Um, I I've always been a Starling Marte guy. Yeah. I think he's a second rounder, uh, especially with what you get in terms of stolen bases. And the way they're kind of building the rest of this team, it seems like even though they don't have a manager, so we have no idea what their managerial tendencies will be, it seems like they're building a team that wants to have some speed and maybe push it on the base paths, which is a good sign for a guy like Marte. Yeah, I mean, how can you even be concerned about that when he went to Oakland, which is a team that's known really to not run much at all, and he stole 25 bases there? And half of a season. So I I really can't I, I can't, you know, ding him for steals, even even if the managerial style is we don't run. I mean, unless they come out and say, like, look, we're we're just trying to go station to station, we're not looking to steal much. Um mm-hmm. short of that, yeah. I mean, I don't I, I have but to if imagine you're doing that, that, why are you signing a guy? Exactly. Like, like why are you gonna sign a guy small. who's whose main source of value last year? was pretty much steals. I mean, he's a good defender. He's, he's a good hitter overall. Um, but obviously those, you know, 47 steals last year were a huge part of, of what made him so good last year. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, second round pick, I don't think there's much more to be said than that. Cause I really want to talk about Max Scherzer with you. you yeah. You've been, uh, Max Scherzer signs the, uh, three year, I think it's 42 or $43 million a year, uh, deal, uh, with the Mets. Really surprising. They must have blown every other offer out the window because everything that we have seen uh, during the trade deadline um, and kind of since was that he preferred to play on a West Coast team. So, uh, and then kind of last minute we get this little like, oh, you know, he wouldn't mind playing, you know, uh, for a team that does spring training uh, in Florida because that's, he's got a home in Florida. So, uh, but then there was, they were close to a deal. Then, Ooh, radio silence. What's going on? Maybe another team like the Dodgers or the giants or the angels are jumping in, but then, Hey, 
gets done today. You've been a guy that faded, I believe, Scherzer this last year because of, you know, the injuries in 2020 um, and then his, uh, you know, advanced age, <laughs> 38, 39 years old. Uh, are you going to be fading Scherzer again? So the main thing was coming off of 2020, you know, his mechanics were shit. And he, you know, he came out and said, like, okay, I, I know that my mechanics are bad and I can fix them. I mean, I no matter what you tell me, you can tell me that you're going to fix something. It doesn't mean you're going to. So mm-hmm. for me, I just wasn't willing to spend up on him, assuming that he was just going to be okay. Because in 2020, you know, granted, small sample and all that, but legitimately his skills were not nearly as good as they had been. So obviously there was a concern. He was 35, which is not, you know, he wasn't, you know, we're not talking like 38 or 39, but, you know, he's 35. And coming off of that season, I just wasn't willing to invest the high pick. Now, obviously, last year he reestablished himself as one of the elite dominant pitchers in baseball. And, I, you know, it doesn't look like he's slowing down yet. He's 36, but he's going to be 37. Um, you know, there's there's obviously some risk there, but I, I have no problem with taking him as your ace. Uh, there's probably, there's probably going to be a few guys who I'm going to take over him. Um, but, you know, he's not a guy that I'm fading like I was last year. Yeah. Oh, I, I – uh... I took him in our FTAS draft. You know, I picked 15. Okay. I, I, I took him in, I think, pick 16. Took him in Cedric Mullins in a turn right there. Um, I have no problem taking Max Scherzer back end of the first or someplace in uh, in the second. I really don't want to be in that situation, though. I, I have already, through my first, you know, two drafts, you know, the one draft we, we've started and then the other draft I've started, um, I really don't want to be picking at the back end. Like I don't want to be in that position. I, I'd well, how, how upset were you that Burns went one pick before you? Oh, I I mean, all the picks that went before me. I, I mean, Kyle Tucker was still yeah. there, like pick 12 or something like 13, that. 13. Uh, Your buddy 13, scored yeah. at 13. <laughs> yeah. I, there were, I mean, I, I did not. It got to me, and I went, "Oh, this was like worst possible scenario." So now I'm, <laughs> I'd wanted Kyle Tucker, I'd wanted, uh, you know, Burns. I, you know, there were a bunch of guys I'd wanted. I was like, "Oh, this is going to end up being great for me." And then they all went right in a row, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I, I memed out and took uh, took Mullins, and, and then took Scherzer. Um, I, I like Scherzer. I think he's I think he's worth a uh, a first round pick or or a second round pick. Um, if if you're taking starting pitching that early, do I don't know that you I'm going like, to a lot though. Do you like him significantly more? Because I mean, you took him over these guys, but again, granted, this was a draft that we did not prepare for. You know, I, at least yeah. you were more ready than I was. But mm-hmm. would you still take him over like Beeler, Wheeler, and and Woodruff? And 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 uh, like, do you think that he's definitively better than those guys? I mean. I don't know that he's definitively better. I think you can make the arguments for a lot of guys in kind of the top five to seven starting pitchers. I believe I have him over all of those guys in my ranks. I will double. So you have Scherzer at three then. I have Scherzer at two. Oh, so I have Scherzer and I, and I may move him back behind Burns because I've got, I've got a Cole Scherzer Burns right now. Um, I may end up moving. Burns back ahead of him, but okay. Uh, I mean, he's a horse. Like he, he's just an absolute horse, um, right? And yeah, uh, and you gotta love the park. Like the park going to New York is gonna be fantastic. You know, it's not like he's going to a bad location. So right, uh, right. yeah. No, I, with, I, with I, a good with a good lineup, and I'm betting that they add some bullpen pieces there too, because obviously their mm-hmm. their bullpen has not been 
phenomenal over the last few years. Uh, I mean, I think yeah. I, I think Diaz is good. I don't. I I think he's shaky at times, but they definitely need some more pieces around him too. So I think it'll be a good situation for him, regardless. Yeah, I, I mean, the Mets are going to be a fun team to watch this year. Yeah, they so. are. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, finish out with our last uh, couple. These are not signings. These are just kind of news items. Marcelo Zuna gets a 20-game suspension that's retroactive to last season. So he's actually, uh, at this point, he is eligible to play. Yeah. Now, we'll see what the Braves do. Um, I believe he's got two or three years left on his contract with them. Uh, They have been very, very quiet about everything. Um I mean, here's what I'm going to say. There, and because I, I tweeted out that this is an absolute embarrassment uh, by Major League Baseball to only give him 20 games and to count them retroactively uh, for for last year. And I, I got some pushback from people who said, um, "Well, you know, the, clearly the evidence wasn't there, or the tape, you know, showed something different." And there has been a lot of uh, kind of um, murkiness around what happened. Um, and I don't want to get into that necessarily. What yeah, I will no, say, it's not. yeah, because there, there's no, there's no excuse for domestic violence. Um, uh, but here's what I will say about it. Major League Baseball in their statement said he violated the domestic abuse policy. He violated and therefore he needed to be suspended for it. And they gave him 20 games. They said he broke the rules of it and they still gave him 20 games. Um, I still, I stand by what I said, that it's an embarrassment. That being said, if he is playing on the defending world champions, probably hitting fourth, um, in a really good ballpark in a pretty good division, uh, where would you take Ozuna? Uh, it's, you know, when we, when we heard the news, it was one of those things where I, I literally, have not given it one second of thought. Like I, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's been off my radar, you know, right or wrong. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm look, I'm not the morality police. Like I, and I have no problem with people who are, I'm just saying like, for me, if I'm playing a contest where he is accumulating stats and points and that is either working for me or working against me, I can't ignore him. Uh, it's the same thing I said about Trevor Bauer. And I stand by that. I have to talk about him. I have to think about him, but up until this point, I haven't done any drafts. I haven't started planning anything. You know, this is a guy who who is a very volatile player to begin with. I mean, he's he's fluctuated be- between like massive seasons. I mean, in 2020, you know, he had 18 homers and the 338 average in 267 plate appearances. Last year, in 208 plate appearances, only seven homers and a 213 average. And I mean, he's done this in in you know, there's years. There's one year that he stole 12 bases and then he stopped stealing altogether after that. And, you know, there's a year he had 280, there's a year he had 240. Um, I honestly don't know what to make of Ozuna. Um, and I have no idea where I'm willing to take him right now. I, I really have to look into that. And I, and I have to hear from the Braves. Like, are they are they not going to punish him? Are they going to play him? You I don't know, think like- they can. Like, I, I think – I think the league is, has set out their punishment and I think that – They could trade um, him. You know, they could trade I mean, him. They could cut him and just eat the money. Like maybe, I don't. Maybe the Braves do, and then maybe a team doesn't want to, you know, yeah, bring him on. Um, right. Like I don't think it's like the Bauer situation where, with Bauer, it's 
almost impossible for me to see him pitching this year. Uh, right or wrong, again, I don't know. But he, he it seems like that was such a public and uh, graphic thing that, that it seems like it would be a big distraction to the team. Um, I don't think it's to that degree. Like, I think Ozuna's worth drafting right now. I just couldn't tell you where. Um, but, you know, like you said, the upside is... He was he, like a fourth-round pick oh, before. Right, like, right. The upside so is he's a good hitter hitting fourth in a really good lineup. So yeah. all that is true. I just don't know where, because I just have not thought about it. Where I would, I, I, And I did not include him in my top 100 outfielders, um, largely because I didn't know whether or not he was going to be playing this year or not um, and how many games he would be playing. I mean, if I was to, like, randomly throw it out there, I'd say around outfielder number 50, which puts him just inside of the top 200. Oh, um, see, I think I think he's going to end up going a lot higher than that once this news hits. I do, that, too. Like, he was I going mean, 330. Right, yeah. News, so yeah, like, like, I think he's, he's going, like, 200 picks higher than that, at least. Like, he's going to go maybe in the 130 range, I'd say. Something, like, in that range, I'd, I would guess. 130 um, would put him... Right around uh, Klenick, Meadows, and Grisham. Yeah, CJ Crone, Fran Mill. Yeah, I think that's probably about the right area. I'm taking all of those outfielders over him. Yeah, that's because fair. because they run. I mean, that's right. Ultimately, I, I'm not I'm not banking on him running. Like whatever he no, gives I don't you think in terms can... of speed or, or you know bonus. But what can um, you bank on with him? Like he he's shown a lot of skills, but none of them consistently. Well, and now he's been a year out of baseball. Like we, right, right. we have no idea what kind of shape he is in. He's thirty-one, he, so yeah, running. I, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, he might be their DH uh, once they actually gets the DH. I don't know that they want, you know, but this is also a team that you know is, you know, there's been rumors that Sor- uh, Soler ends up back there. I think they'd rather they'd like that Soler as uh, their DH if he does end up returning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Um, I will do a an outfielder update uh, pretty soon, or at least in, prob- probably in the next few weeks. Um, but I really don't know where I'm going to end up putting him. Um, I really got to sit down and think and and kind of see what people are, you know, what what, what the news is on him. You know, do we think he's going to stay in, in Atlanta, or do we think that he? Because you know, if they cut him, I don't know. If there's a team that wants to bring that kind of personality i mean there's always going to be one team right like there's always a team that just like i don't care they we want talent he's got <laughs> i mean talent. the pirates like, should right like nobody's going to watch the pirates anyways and they they need anybody to play for them that's oh god the pirates uh, <laughs> pirates are going to be just, the pirates better hope that the cba doesn't include a floor because they they have like all of a sudden the pirates are gonna have to go out and spend fifty million dollars just because <laughs> they only got ten million on the books or whatever it is. It's fucking <laughs> fucking atrocious with the pirates fucking down. Oh, um, let's finish out with uh, Max Muncy. Uh, his elbow injury appears to be more serious than we thought. There's been conflicting reports. Max Muncy himself says he has a partially torn. UCL and he's having a hard time recovering for it. He said this on MLB Network today. This is right. what set off the firestorm. I think the Dodgers have clarified that he doesn't have a tour in UCL. Um, I drafted Max Muncy in Arizona. I'm thoroughly mm. regretting it. Um, I had him as like my number four 
first baseman or, or second baseman or something like that. Um, Cause he's first, second and third eligible again. Um, he's going to just tumble down my ranks. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, just uh, until we know that he is ready to play. Um, like, I just don't know how you draft him. You don't. I mean, he's, he's off my draft list. I'm I'm not drafting him. I mean, uh, unless the Dodgers come out and say that he was, you know, high and talking out of his ass or something. And I don't know. Like, what are they going to say? They, this, they, they've they already said, like, they, yeah, they've already said, like, he doesn't. Like, well, what does that um, mean? Like, what? So he says that he had a torn UCL. So initially, yeah. he he lied and he said uh, he had what, like um, a dislocated elbow, dislocated yeah. elbow uh, with quote other damage is what he said. So he never clarified that, and now he comes out and says, "Oh yeah, it was a torn UCL." Okay, uh, which is it? You know, I mean, you know, other damage. That sounds sounds pretty sketchy. So unless you're going to mm-hmm. tell me that he was just mistaken and he didn't know what his UCL was. I don't know. What is he going to say that's going to convince you? So right now, yeah, he's just off my board completely, unfortunately. You know, had him in Glarf yeah. this year. He was huge, but can't go back to that well uh, anytime soon unless unless I'm getting yeah. hearing something to tell me otherwise. And, well, like, if he were to get Tommy John, it's not as serious for a right. hitter, especially one who can play first base, um, yeah. as it would be for a pitcher. He'd still miss probably the majority, if not the entire season. Yeah. Depending on, I, I believe it's a six months recover, six month recovery after the surgery. We don't even know. Like at this point, it doesn't sound like they're trending towards surgery. They're, they're trying to rehab him, and um, he's he's just got to come off people's boards for it now. You know. Yeah. If you're um, drafting early, you just take him off your board. And I know, I know people. There are going to be people who take dart throws at him in DCs right now. But I think you made a really good point earlier. I can't remember who about. Uh, but that Kluber. taking a uh, Kluber, yeah, taking an injury prone guy or a guy who's injured in DC, you can't replace him. That's no. that's now a dead spot on your roster. Right. So in uh, DCs, you want to take as little risk as possible. Uh, those absolutely. are for those of you who don't know those draft champions. They're draft and hold leagues where you cannot pick guys up in season. You, it's not about upside in DCs. It's about production. You mm-hmm. do not want to just take shots on guys. You want to take production guys who you know you can count on and guys like this are, are not that, you know, you want to take as little injury risk as possible. Absolutely. Well, Dave, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Two hours. Right. We're going to, uh, we're going to try to get together with Michael again on yeah. Thursday and do the rest of what was on our show notes for tonight. But there were just so many signings and so I many know. moves. I'm sure there'll be more, uh, on Tuesday, uh, I don't know when the deadline for the actual end of the CBA is on Wednesday. I don't know if it's midnight, Tuesday night, or or uh, or not. But um, I'm sure there's going to be another flurry. There's still guys out there like Correa, um, the other Seager, Kyle Seager, uh, other <laughs> other guys that are going to be signing here in the next uh, next day or so. Uh, so I'm sure we'll have more moves to talk about. Hopefully, we can get through those too. Yeah, Jesus. Um, uh, or maybe maybe we'll just push those signings to the next week. Just to yeah, we could probably do that because there probably won't be much not, going on. Going to be that, shit to so. talk about. I know we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to figure out what to talk about through the end of the year uh, as they work on the CBA. So uh, hopefully, I mean, and there's talk that potentially they're gonna they're trying to meet tomorrow, the union and uh, NLB to try to figure something out the last minute. I don't think it's gonna work out. But um, Dave, remind everybody where you can reach on social media and then plug anything you got going on. 
Uh, that would be at run DMCD on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I will keep you guys apprised. But if you ever need to talk about anything baseball related, that's where you can find me. I, I had a, I have not tweeted a ton lately, but today I did. There was a lot going on. So uh, if you want to catch up on my timeline and uh, see all of uh, all of the conversations that we were having, there were some good ones. Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. You can email me or the show, friendsfantasybenefits at gmail.com. Uh, you can read uh, my work is mostly over on Fangraphs, uh, where I'm writing multiple times a week throughout the offseason and into actual regular season uh also write at friendsfantasybenefits.com and i operate tgfbi.com which historical standings have been updated to reflect how people did in uh 2021 so you can go check that you can also go sign up for tgfbi if you're in the industry you're producing content you can you know go sign up for the actual tgfbi if you're not you want to try to win your way in you can sign up for satellites uh the signups will go through a believe the end of january so there's just about two months to sign up every year every year i get an email from someone in february or march mad they didn't get into tgfbi because they didn't sign up um and every year i I get fucking emails from people don't be left out get in tgfbi (laughs) even if you think you don't qualify um go ahead and sign up and i can tell you you don't qualify right um but if you're producing any sort of content in the fantasy industry or hey let's say you don't produce fantasy content but you want to get in tgfbi start producing fantasy content now right? justin's wife played last year so yeah. the bar the bar for it's fantasy super content is pretty low yeah you know i've like david and he did well <laughs> i was just about to ask if i qualified for this year and yeah, what do i have you to do, do. Yeah, yes. Jake right. even qualifies. He didn't. Oh, podcast. God, I don't so, know if we should let Jake in. I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, so go over to TGFBI.com, uh, sign up for either TGFBI or TGFBI satellite. Um, hey, the, one of the guys who won a satellite entry into this last year's TGFBI, he won a, he won a satellite league in 2020, got in 2021. He was third overall in TGFBI. Like, just That's because great. you're not in the industry doesn't mean you're not a damn good player. We know lots of really great players. Uh, and if you want to prove it against the best, go to TGFBI.com, sign up for TGFBI or a satellite. Um, follow all of Dave's uh, work. Uh, I was going to say, too, with TGFBI Twitter. real quick, Justin, they yeah. can also choose to be go against people in leagues, right? Because that's part of the fun. Um, I, no? take re- I take requests. Okay. If you want to call someone out. But one of the things I'm – thinking about doing haven't decided if i'm gonna do it okay. is i'm thinking about putting people in leagues based on where they're at in the historical standings Ooh. so we now have four years worth of standings. not everybody's so i, so I, so I can't call you out because i finished really high and you're historically probably not as high as me um you can call me out and considering i have uh i have control over where i go and where you go uh maybe maybe that's no, I, I, I think that there's gonna be a lot of people who want to go against both of us separately uh and we're gonna be in enough leagues together as it is where i don't think we need to do that i mean i'm fine with it but i'm just saying like you know we don't we don't really have to hey i i got i got called out last year by ian Kahn. i put him in my league he also called out like two other people put them in my league um 
we had a stacked league. That was just. I want to. But... I want to put it out there and see who wants to see wants to come after me. I, I think it'd be interesting. But I th- I think what I what I may end up doing or what I've been thinking about doing is using historical standings to try to place people in leagues so that way every league is about as difficult as every other league because every year what I hear is yeah. oh there's this league of death there's that league of death oh this league's so much more difficult than all the other leagues I think it's kind of horseshit because um, one there has there isn't a long enough standing history to kind of determine who who belongs so there are people who were at the top last year that are not no longer at the top of the historical standings um now there are people who are still up there the guy who's at the top kenyatta storin uh works for number fire um he's been like the number one overall person in the historical standings what's what's now, his name again kenyatta storin oh okay i've heard the name I think he's at Yada, Y-A-T-T-A. Um, and not a guy many people know, but Dan, he is proven. And he also, I believe, almost won Scott Fishbowl one year. Uh, mm. Dude is a, a hell of a player, a, a good writer as well over at numberfire.com. Uh, you know, James Anderson of Rowerwire, he is at the top. I knew he's that one. The top yeah. two. I think James, he's, my boy. Uh, he's, I think, second or third overall. So I think some really, really good players uh, at the top. I wonder if I... Did I close out? Of course, I closed out the, uh, <laughs> Go the to historical standings. So uh, I can uh, 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 let's see. Did it? Did I? Uh, I'm 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 stalling to see if I can bring up the historical. Yes, uh, Todd Zola um, uh, okay. near the top of, of the uh, historical standings. I believe. Oh wait, no, that's last year's. Of course. <laughs> Just go to tgfbi.com. You can see the historical standings uh, and see, uh, you know, those of you who've only participated in one season, like Dave, not going to be at the top because you just haven't had enough, but, uh, oh, that's I'm fine. Sure, put, put me in. I'm sure you'll work your way. I'm sure you'll work your way. I'm not going to put all the good people together. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to even it out. But you just said so. I'm not that good. Cause I've only had one year. So put me with the you're fish st- then. You're, you're still pretty high. I'm sure. So <laughs> let's see. I'm, I, now I have to check and see where you're at. Um, <laughs> uh, put me wherever you want, man. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where you end up. Now I want to put you against me. I feel like oh, I need you. Do. No, no, I don't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, uh, all right, let's see. Uh, I've got. The historical standings up. Let's see. So currently, I'll, I'll say the top five, right? Okay. Um, All right. These are so Kenyatta Storin. He's number one. He's uh, he's uh, finished. Uh, he finished fifty first this last year, but forty eighth the year before, fifteenth the year before that, and seventh in twenty eighteen. Uh, I believe the only person with four top sixty finishes. Uh, James Anderson is second. Uh, finished nineteenth this year, 79th last year. Uh, in 2020, uh, 11th in 2019, and 15th um, in, uh, in in 2018 in the first year. So he is one of two people, I believe, or sorry, one of three people with uh, only top 100 finishes. Tanner Bell, who won TGFBI overall in, uh, in 2021, he is third. Again, another guy with uh, four straight years of top 100 finishes. Oh, there's actually another guy, uh, but he's not in the top. Uh, top five. Adam Ronis. Adam Ronis is a good player. We know this, right? He's won a bunch of Tower Wars and Labor titles. Uh, titles. Um, yep, he's uh, Adam Ronis is a really, really good player. 
uh, and has shown it again. He finished 15th overall this year. Uh, and then Brian Rudd, Baseball HQ, another really, really good player in the top five uh, as well um, in TGFBI. So let's, uh, real quick, I'll, I'll look where Mr. Dave McDonald, after a, <laughs> his first year, he is, you are 154th. Oh, uh, you finished 35th this year in TGFBI. Your only year, right in front of you, 153rd is Jenny Butler, who was in her first Ooh. year of TGFBI. I hope she will return um, as yeah, me too. well. So, and then let's see, me. I hope I, I hope I do better. I, uh, I, I'm 72nd than, overall. I can never freaking get to my fab man i i think i did like a quarter of the time i need to do if i want to finish higher than 35th i need to i mean it's pretty much that was that was about as high as I could. 35th is pretty damn good first year I mean, 400 some people in it so um i i finished 102nd this year uh in spite okay. of uh just some uh I, I just could not get saves uh and my my uh overall rank is 72nd but that's I'm above I think I gotta, you just because, because I gotta get in that side pot right because that's that's gonna make me more motivated to mm-hmm. to finish higher because Absolutely. I mean just it's it's nothing against free leagues. It's just when I have leagues that I paid twenty five hundred dollars to get into and I win twenty grand if I win, I, I just prioritize those over the free ones. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um this is the only free league a, I do. So it, it was a nice little side pot. I, I yeah, what, know, what was it by the way? I wanna say like fifty eight, sixty people, something like that. Around there, sixty some people, fifty dollars I bought. Um, so you know, it was a nice little payout for those. Uh, was like, like close to three grand, huh? Yeah, and I think it paid like the top seven or eight. Um, so I mean, it wasn't huge or anything like that, but it was. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, that was extra no, that, money in that, your that, pocket. Yeah, no, that's something worth playing for for sure. So <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do that next year because I think that'll fifty bucks will at least motivate me more than I was this year. And the, the last person I will talk about in terms of their overall ranking is my wife. My wife is 473rd in the, the overall ranks. Uh, the only the only thing that Justin actually cares about is that her rank is below his, if we're being absolutely, honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's all that matters. Um, that my rank I'm waiting, is I'm waiting for her to DM us or, or tag us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure she will at some point. I, I'm surprised we haven't seen it in the comments yet so well she uh she tweeted uh, tweeted a response to us uh i was like come hang out with us and everything and she tweeted a, a high response nice yeah she uh, she had uh unfortunately had to, well not unfortunately she had a doctor's appointment so uh oh uh, i was uh hopefully well, I hope she's uh, okay yeah we'll see i mean if she's uh, not then i get to be single whoa what is that, is that a bad joke jesus <laughs> I'm sure she's fine. She's had some neck issues going on, so okay. uh, she's getting a little getting that checked uh, um, from from an old car accident. So, okay. uh, but that's gonna wrap us up for this episode. We'll, we'll leave off with that joke and hope that nobody DMs her that I made that joke. I'm gonna uh, you're gonna DM her before you even get off the. the I've spot. already DM'd her. I, yeah, there you go. Done. So it's already done. And go. remember. Remember to comment on all of Justin's Fangraphs articles. He loves to keep in touch with his uh, readers that way. I dropped my hundred and seventy-five or top hundred and seventy-five starting pitchers for twenty twenty-two. Uh, so find I know guys are- who are find guys who are one apart, and then demand to know why mm-hmm. that guy was one behind mm-hmm. the other guy. Oh yeah, 
people were already trolling me before they even <laughs> dropped on just you know because I, I, I people someone was like i don't know who you have at 174 but they should be at least three spots higher uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, all my positions have been updated uh on fan graphs uh in the last week or so uh, so you can you can check out all my positional ranks. I'm going to keep updating them. Uh, if you're interested in seeing the live updates, because I keep a running uh, Google Doc, you have to subscribe to the uh, Sleeper in the Bus Patreon. They're available through there. So uh, with that, that's going to wrap us up for Dave and myself. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season, and we We're are not Detroit. Detroit. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland Town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. We see the sun almost three times a year. This guy has at least two DUIs. The flats look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is art. It could be worse though, at least we're not Detroit! We're, we're not, not Detroit! Detroit.